be involved. They'll vote on it tonight. President Obama says he wants the support of Congress before going ahead with an attack on Syria in response to its suspected use of chemical weapons. The BBC has learned that the second stage of the government's pilot badger cull in England got underway in Gloucestershire last night. The process of shooting the animals in an attempt to curb bovine TB began in Somerset last month. Steve Nibbs reports. Campaigners against the badger cull have been planning their response for many months, surveying badger sets in farmland around the cull zone. Last night, more than 100 campaigners arrived in West Gloucestershire and put their plan into action, with observers in the hills above the coal zone looking for signs of shooting and teams on the ground ready to react. Despite several reports of shooting, the campaigners found nothing. Gloucestershire police said last night that their operation to keep the peace during the pilot cull had begun, but there were no arrests or protests. Those against the coal say they won't give up on their plan to disrupt it and will be out every night for the next six weeks if they have to. The family of a Buckinghamshire woman whose home was valued at worthless because of the proposed high-speed rail line have welcomed the news that compensation has now come through. The Turweston home of 98-year-old Elfrida Harper-Tarr has been bought by HS2's Exceptional Hardship Scheme for £245,000. But her son Mike says many other homeowners in the village have been left in limbo. I can only thank God in the sense that I didn't buy the house opposite my mother's, which at one time we'd seriously thought about when it was being built, because I would personally be in exactly that position now, as is virtually every other homeowner into Western. In sport, MK Dons and Wickham are both through to the second round of the Johnston's Paint Trophy. The Dons beat Northampton 2-0 at Stadium MK and 2-0 was also the score at Exeter where Matt McClaw and Anthony Stewart supplied the goals for Wickham. The weather, warm and sunny with a top temperature of 26 degrees Celsius, that's 79 Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. Catherine Boyle? Yes. They're culling pilots? Badgers. You said a pilot cull. They're not culling pilots yet. I don't think they spread bovine TB, but I may be wrong. It's such a relief, my friends, pilot. Thank you. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up on the show today. I need a little bit of help as well. I'll get to that in a second. First off, a housing trust in Buckinghamshire has been branded heartless for approving plans to cut down the orchard at the bottom of an elderly tenant's garden. Well, are the housing trust heartless, or is she a little bit selfish? Badger culls continue across the country today and there are big noises on both sides. But is it cruel to kill badgers? And serial bachelor boy Sir Cliff Richard releases his 100th album. 100 albums? (sighs) He had a couple of good songs 40 years ago. But really, does anybody like Cliff now? Shouldn't he have given up, like, I don't know, 70 albums ago? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, at some point, because we're talking about Cliff Richard, we have to play a Cliff Richard song. I don't know which one to play. I don't know which one to play. I've got a few here. Not one of the early 60 ones. I've got a few here that are quite... Devil Woman... Carrie, we don't talk anymore is a good... It's not funny how we don't talk... Or, here's a controversial one, Whenever God Shines His Light. Now, I know, I know, him and Van Morrison singing about Jesus. It's quite a good song. 
We haven't got wired for sound. Otherwise, that would be straight in there with a bullet. Uh, so 08459 455 555 or text 81333, start your text 3CR. Which Cliff Richard song do we play? We don't normally do... It's not, we don't normally do requests on this because, pff, really, what's the point? Go and buy a CD. But today, I'm going to help you let you choose a Cliff Richard song that we play, please. 81333, start your text 3CR or call in 08459 555. Now... Should people who are unemployed have to do community work for their benefits? It's a controversial suggestion that's come from the Taxpayers Alliance. Well, it's released its proposals for further welfare reform in the UK in a report called Work for the Dull. Dole. Work for the Dull. There we go. That's something, isn't it? That's what what I'm doing now. Uh, Sophie Soler is looking at this. Sophie, exactly what is the Taxpayers Alliance suggesting? So their survey, the Social Attitudes Survey, say that jobless people should be forced to carry out 30 hours of compulsory activity a week week that's in return for their benefits some might think it's a sensible suggestion but what is their reasoning behind this so the taxpayer alliance are arguing that a program of 30 hours of unpaid work experience or community work or charity work would provide valuable skills and then persuade some of them to turn their lives around and those who refuse to take part would lose their benefits completely only those too disabled to work or claimants with young children would be exempt from this then job seekers with a long track record of national insurance contributions would be excused from the duty for two years and does the uh, taxpayers alliance think this will be popular with the public the survey suggests that 62 percent of britons think unemployment benefits are too high anyway they discourage work and show that people um who are claiming benefits feel the same way too so 10 years ago in a similar survey just 40 percent of people thought benefits were too high matthew sinclair of the taxpayers alliance even said the government is improving the incentive to work but they need to go further and remove the option of sitting at home and claiming benefits entirely well, what do you think about this dear listener oh eight four five nine four double five five Double five. Should people who are unemployed be forced to do community work for their benefits? I'm struggling to think what working in a branch of uh, Sue Ryder, it, how that's going to necessarily add skills to your CV. Just you, putting up dirty clothes and, and hanging. I don't see how that's going to be very helpful. But perhaps you do think people should earn their uh, unemployment benefit. 08459 455 555. Sophie, can I send you out on a slightly more serious uh, issue? Oh, yes, please. I this? must know, yes. Uh, well, can you go out and find out if anybody's excited by Cliff Richard's 100th album, please? Yes. 100? How many of those have you got? I have none, but can you play the Millennium Prayer later? Because oh, I do like that one. you are joking, aren't yeah, you? he sings the Lord Prayer. The Millennium Prayer? Our no. Father. I tell you what, how about we play, uh, how about we have this one? That's my fave. This will turn wine. That's the one I've got. Should we have this one? Yeah. Not a chance. <laughs> Not a chance. I knew that I would not. I feel good. I knew that I would not. So good. So good. I got a year. Oh, I feel nice. A sugar and spice I feel nice A sugar and spice My love won't do you no harm 
Castro, the gentleman who held the uh, three women for prisoner uh, for ten years, has uh, killed himself. We'll uh, get more on that a little bit later on and uh, find out what's going on there. Uh, now, a housing trust in Buckinghamshire has been branded heartless for approving plans to cut down apple trees at the bottom of an elderly tenant's garden for social housing. The family of 84-year-old Georgina Peterman, who lives in Bishopstone near Aylesbury, is accusing the trust of environmental vandalism. Georgina's son, Carl Peterman, who I'll be speaking to later on in the programme, claims the planning process has been a waste of time and the objections of local people have been ignored. Well, we sent our apple tree correspondent, Ewan Duncan, to speak to Georgina, who's lived in the village all her life. I was born in this house in 1928, and just after the houses were built, and when I was born here, I was my great-granny, was my great-granny, my granny, my mum... And me in one house in 1928, <laughs> and um, my granny was born down the bottom of the village, and they had to drink water out of the brook <laughs> from to, be, to live in those days. Really? Yeah. So um, I mean, we're village people, or I am. And looking at the trees, how yeah. tall would you say that apple oh, I tree don't is? Know. Is it about thirty feet tall? Spring when they come, a uh, planter come around, it was all in bloom, and they just said, "Well, if they want to take it down, they will take it down." That's what the planter just treated me like a bit. Of dirt said go inside because you, you'll be upset more and I, I was just looking they can do what they like with it if, if they say so and I can't stop them and just behind the orchard there are four garages which is where the house will be yeah well we wouldn't mind it if they put the house bungalow down there and and left my apple tree that's what I'm worried about if just leave leave the apple tree so because they want to use the other for parking you see there was all, all the garages were used and uh, now they want to use it as our garden as a car park and it was our garden it was our garden all the, i've been all right i've been climbing up the apple trees in the garden i was when i was a kid i mean it's been such a lot to me because i was born in the house it's not i just loved the place 
been out in the garden all the time and all we've got, we've got flowers at the front, we've got little vegetables at the back because we grow all our own vegetables and they're going to stop all that. We won't be able to grow our vegetables and if they go around the front and pull the hedge down around the front, I won't be able to put my dahlias, I've got full of dahlias at the moment. And when did you first hear about these plans? In February this year and uh, they were made up in August last year but they didn't tell us till February this year so of course it came as a shock a bit you know and since then those plans have been approved well I think so I don't know because I didn't go to the meeting my sons went and so they heard it all is there anything you can do about it now well I don't know just got to wait and see now that's all you can do isn't it and the Vale of Aylesbury Housing Trust are you meeting with them Oh, they're coming next Tuesday to look round and, and see what's what they are. They are coming next Tuesday. They sent me a letter last week and they're going to come next Tuesday and look round and tell us what we, they're going to take, I suppose. And you've mentioned how long you've lived here. I think the Vale of Aylesbury Housing Trust did a feature on you. It makes you look a fool because they, they came to me, took photographs and told I told them about my life and why I lived here because I was the longest, I've been the longest tenant tenant for so many all these years and and now they want to do this dirty trick on me (laughs) it's uh, really upsetting at the moment i just don't sleep i keep thinking about the apple tree being cut down so it's just one big worry at the moment and if the worst happens could you bear to watch it i couldn't watch it i told my daughter in scotland i'd have to go and stay with her because i couldn't watch it happen because i'd be in such a terrible state well that's georgina peterman from bishopstone near aylesbury well in a statement aylesbury vale district council's development control manager susan kitchen said each application is considered on its own merits the treatment of the tenant is a matter between the tenant and the vale of aylesbury housing trust and not this authority i'll we'll be speaking to the trust shortly after eight o'clock i guess the question here is should she be allowed to keep her her being in inverted commas as its social housing apple trees or should the family just accept it's not their property and the housing trust has every right to build more social housing on the site are the housing trust being a little bit cruel or is Georgina being a little bit selfish? 08459 uh, We're still... It's Cliff Richard's 100th album is being released soon. Calm down, guys. Calm down. Uh, we're going to play a Cliff Richard song this morning. I just don't know what one. Devil Woman? Carrie? We don't talk anymore. Whenever God shines his light? I know. I know. 81333. Start your text 3CR. Which Cliff song should we pay? And 08459 455 555. There's nobody out there listening who really likes Cliff Richard. I mean, he's got... I could probably come up with five songs of his that I quite like. That's not a great uh, odds, considering he's about to release his 100th album. He's a little bit tedious, isn't he? A little bit creepy, I think. 08459 four double. He is, isn't he? That, the fact that he's 72 now, but he's trying to look like he's 42. 08459 four double five five double five. Cliff Richard, cl- creepy or not? Right, it's 616, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel with George Thomas. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning in Buckinghamshire at Great Kings Hill. Don't forget we've got Criers Hill Road closed off. Some works taking place just at Criers Hill Lane until the end of the month. And those major roadworks continue on the M25 between 23 and 25 South Mims and Enfield in both directions, narrow lanes and a speed restriction of 50 miles an hour in place. George Thomas, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, George. It's coming up to 6.17. It's Wednesday, the 4th of September. I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. 
A housing association in Aylesbury has been branded heartless by the family of a pensioner who stands to lose part of the garden of the home in which he was born. A report has found that drugs, weapons and illegal immigrants could be entering the UK because of pressure on border staff to reduce queues at passport control. And in sport, Andy Murray is through to the quarterfinals of the US Open Tennis in New York after coming from a set-down to beat Dennis Istomin 67616464. Coming up, Cliff Richard. Really? Does anybody care about Sir Cliff Richard? It's 2013, for goodness sakes. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Chetan Partook on BBC Three Counties Radio. On Sunday night, I'll be live from one of the East of England's biggest Asian music events. Luton Mela is in its 13th year, and if you can't make it yourself, I'll bring it all to you. It all comes from Wardown Park, and you'll be able to soak up the atmosphere of Luton's biggest Asian party. Come down and meet us, or get the whole experience right here. Chetan Partook. Live from Luton Mela, Sunday night from 6 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Having a massive argument here at uh, BBC Three Counties Towers. We, 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 we're going to put up a question on Facebook about Cliff Richard. The arguments we're having about... I'm having... Producer Tara, bring your microphone closer to you because we're discussing what, what the question should be. And I keep going, I don't, I don't really care. Just... <laughs> Producer Tara, what, what's, what's your problem this morning? Well, there could be loads of questions. He's, he's almost producing his 100th album. It'll yeah. be out later on very shortly this year. Yes, and, we're, we're, and, yes. and there are so many questions with, with a career of such great longevity that we could, uh, that we could pinpoint G- give us the Give us the top three you've come up with so far. Because <laughs> you've thrown about 20 at me in the, during that whole Chet and Partak trailer, which I was trying to listen to. I missed it there. Is it, are you bothered about Cliff? Do you like Sir Cliff? Is his new album going to be any good? I, I, honestly, They're all there. Which one and are you? More. Go, which one are you going to go with? Do you think Cliff Richard's one hundredth album will be any good? That's the worst one you came <laughs> up with. Put it on the Facebook page, and we'll, we'll be surprised to find out what question my production team have gone with. You see, that's the kind of care and attention we uh, we put into our show here. Yeah. Chris is in Luton. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Chris. Are you a Cliff Richard fan? Certainly am. Oh. Uh, quickly, my two sons don't like him that much. Oh. My daughter can... See, I was going to see him touring with the Shads. But he, with it, the with, Shads? Yeah, he's, with, he's touring with the Shadows. He oh, was. the Shadows, yes. Um, but he's got his bus pass now, you know. Oh, he's 72, isn't he? he? I'm 68 and a bit and never been kissed. Oh. You've got two but, kids, huh? No, three. Oh, Five blimey. grandchildren. Please tell me that t- your two boys are called Cliff and indeed Richard. No, That no, would have taught no, them a lesson, Andrew wouldn't it? Oh, named after the famous singer Andrew Jonathan, who's not releasing his 100th no, album. My daughter's Michelle Pfeiffer, I don't know. Uh, she's, your daughter's Michelle Pfeiffer? No, she's Michelle. From the Beatles song, Michelle. And I've got three grandchildren. Hello. Hello. Yes. So, what, what is it about Cliff Richards, Chris? Well, uh, I, you see, Expresso and Bongo Move, it was it, his first hit, I do believe, was it? In black and white. Hello. Hello. I think Expresso Move, it was his first hit. From Espresso Bongo, a black and white film, I yes. do believe. Okay. Yeah, I had that. Yes. 
I saw the film, yeah. But I mean, we went, we, us guys went with the birds to the pictures. They love Cliff Richard, the girls. So you went because it got the girls feeling a little bit frisky. Well, well, well we go down to these. There was a lot of courting done. And if Cliff was, I was taking a girl out and Cliff was on, we had to go. Right, okay. Whichever said it. It's ironic, isn't it? But, uh, and you had a good. Uh, you, you, so you took him. You, t- you took. You liked Cliff because you took the birds. Well, no, I, I'm a singer, I play guitar. Oh. And, oh, uh, you're a singer that plays guitar? Yeah. Any chance you could give us a little snatch of Cliff? Well, what, what do you, I've got a reverb, Mike. Do you want me to set up and come back to you? I do. Yeah. I, I really, really do, yes. I've got an echo box and mic and reverb, mic stand, electric, acoustic. It's, that sounds, I don't know what you've said, but it sounds like a wonderful setup. And a two amplifiers. The only thing I haven't got, I told the lady it's Rocha, I haven't got mixing desk. No. And uh, oh, the, the, the setup gear. Don't you uh, worry about that, uh, Chris. You, no. you, how long will it take you to set up? You see, I'm, I'm on a pension credit. I'm not in, uh, on, in, I'm not on benefit. I'm on an earned pension. So good for you. So you can you can spend it on uh, nonsense like that. Yeah, I, they can touch my pension. I'm an invalidity benefit, good. but I'm not in, on any benefit. I've earned okay. We finish pension. at nine this morning. What time? What time do you think you'll be ready, Chris? Well, give me. Um, let me think. Let me think. It's uh, give me. So I'll get over the paper. I'll, give me half six. Yeah. No, sorry. What time are we on to? Um, Nine o'clock, so any time well, before... Give me, give me seven o'clock-ish. All right, well, seven o'clock is... We'll, we'll call you sometime just after seven, yeah. and we'll sort out a time for you to come on. Well, How's about that? I, I can sing, Cliff, but I'm not good on the guitar with Cliff. OK, well, I, I, it, it makes it... in your arms is... Do you know, I told that lady, when he was in musical, he was backed by Noi Paramar Orchestra. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm lost. Chris, we'll speak to you in about an hour. OK, OK. Very quickly, what Cliff song would you like us to play? Um, I've been singing... That lady said Devil Woman. Yeah. And there's so many. There's there's a one called "When the Girl in Your Arms Is a Girl in Your Heart." That's a colouring cinema one. Yeah. How about Jeff and Heath and Reach has requested Carrie? Yeah, Carrie doesn't live here anymore. Should we have a little bit of Carrie? Yeah, well I've got rid of Carrie. She's gone. Oh, good. Well, she doesn't live here anymore. Chris, absolutely bonkers and wonderful because of it. We'll speak to you in about an hour. That's something to look forward to. Chris in Luton is going to play us a Cliff Richard song through his um, semi-acoustic reverb amp. We'll probably do that in about an hour's time, so if you want to be, um, you know, making a cup of tea, <laughs> more than welcome. This is for uh, Chris, and this is for Jeff. A little bit of carry by Cliff Richard. Sorry to disturb you, but I was in the neighbourhood. About a friend, I've heard picture, could you take a look? Oh, I appreciate you busy. Time's not your own Yeah, maybe it would be better if I telephoned Carrie doesn't live here anymore Carrie is the room on the second floor Sorry that she left no forward in a dress that was known to me You said Carrie doesn't live here
playing Carrie, Cliff Richard. His 100th album is being released later this year. Does anybody really care for Cliff? That's a good song. I like that. I like that one. Not the only one. Does anybody care about Cliff Richard anymore? 08459 455 555. Does anybody care about Cliff? Does anybody care about Badgers? Yeah, you see what I did there? I'm learning. I'm gradually learning. The BBC has uh, learned that the second stage of the government's pilot badger cull in England got underway in Gloucestershire last night. Opponents to the cull say it's inhumane and completely ineffective in curbing bovine TB. Well, Bob Simpson is chairman of the Bucks Badger Group and joins me on the line now. Bob, these badger culls, are are they worthwhile? Uh, Absolutely not. Um, What you just said is quite true. The the best that they can do is make a very minor difference to bovine TB in cattle. And I do admit there is a problem, but it needs to be dealt with in the cattle, not in the badgers. Why, why Why have so many people got it wrong? Because there are so many people, including the government, who are adamant this, that, that culling these badgers will reduce bovine TB. Well, the, the government are doing what the farmers have asked them to do, which is do something. The, the government's own science said that it wouldn't work, but they're, they're ignoring that. Uh, they point to the Irish case, which is... is it's completely different. They, uh, the Irish took it all more seriously and did a lot more cattle testing as well as killing the badgers. Uh, even though I admit that in a hotspot area, if you, if you deal with the disease in the cattle, you may have, then have to deal with the, the reservoir in the badgers, but you don't do the badgers first. So badgers... You, you need to sort it out in the cattle. TB can be transferred from badgers to cattle, can't it? It can, yes. I mean, and, bad- and badgers th- tend to, for some reason, bizarrely, hang out where cattle are. Well, it's not bizarre. Their main food is earthworms, which the earthworms are mostly available in the fields, at least when it's wet. Um, so they will tend to graze the same areas. So you can see so, why people have drawn a correlation between badgers and, and cattle having TB? Yes, let me put something to you. The, the, um, the bovine TB skin test, which is what the government use for nearly all of their testing, is only 80% effective. So if, if a farmer has a breakdown in a cattle herd, let's say... Um, let's say you have 20 cattle which are detected with TB, then the government know that the test is only 80% effective. So there'll be five cattle left in that herd which have still got TB because that's as good as the test is. So there are still, there are still cattle with TB in the herd. If, if not a badger so, cold, Bob, what, 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 should the, what should government and farmers be doing? They should be developing either a, um, a vaccine, well, they should definitely, what, what we need is a vaccine for the cattle, which is accepted by EU and other countries, which it isn't at the moment, um, or better cattle testing, or both. Um, and then once you've got that in place, yeah, you might need to kill some badgers, but not first. It's not going to make any difference. In, in fact, the way it's being run in Somerset and Gloucestershire, it's probably going to make things worse. Bob, thank you very much indeed. We're out of time, but we will be talking about this more in the show. I, see, I, I, I don't know what to believe in this. My uh, um, uh, colleague, not really a colleague, but uh, Nick Abbott, who's on another radio station, said very cleverly about the Syria war last week. I don't know who to believe. I just believe the last person I heard speaking. And I'm kind of the same on this. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to be having a head-to-head later on. We're going to have a badger expert and a farmer going at it. Maybe we can uh, we can bash out the truth there. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. That was Bob Simpson, chairman of the Buckinghamshire Badger Group. It's coming up to six thirty on BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the latest travel. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
There was disruption in and out of Liverpool Street yesterday evening because of overhead line problems. Uh, they've been fixed, but some trains are running short form this morning, so with fewer coaches than normal because trains are in the wrong position. But a normal service is running, but you might be crammed on a little bit. Don't forget we've got some works taking place in Amersham on the A404. Just around Burton's Lane, there are some temporary traffic lights just under the railway bridge, which can cause problems, especially during peak hours. George Thomas, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Headlines. I'm Catherine Boyle. A Buckinghamshire housing association's been branded heartless by the family of an elderly tenant who stands to lose part of her garden to make way for more social housing. A report found that drugs, weapons and illegal immigrants could be entering the UK because of pressure on border staff to reduce queues at passport control. And Ariel Castro, the man sentenced last month to life in prison plus a thousand years for kidnapping and assaulting three women in Ohio, has been found dead in his cell. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's start with tennis. Andy Murray's through to the quarterfinals of the US Open at New York and a match against Stanislas Wawrinka. The defending champion came from a set down to beat Dennis Istomin 6-7, 6-1, 6-4, 6-4. I just started trying to dictate the points a bit more, especially from that side when I had the wind with me. I started trying to use my forehand a little bit more and that was basically it. I had a few chances to win the first set. I was up 5-3 in the breaker, lost four points straight, so it was just minor adjustments. Oh, he sounded quite perky. Football, MK Dons and Wickham are both through to the second round of the Johnston's Paint Trophy. The Dons beat Northampton 2-0 at Stadium MK, courtesy of goals from Patrick Bamford and Deli Ali. MK manager Carl Robinson's pleased to go through. Listen, it was a good night for us. It's a, it's a local derby. It give, again, gives the fans bragging rights locally. It was, just, it was just nice to put a performance on. I thought we'd be, again, getting Brendan Galloway on the pitch and George Ball mm. on the pitch. It, it was important to me and, like I say, they, they didn't let me down. Wickham were also 2-0 winners at Exeter. Matt McClure and Anthony Stewart were the goal scorers there and the chairboy's boss, Gareth Ainsworth, was pretty chuffed. I thought the lads um, applied themselves fantastically and uh, professionally tonight as the JPT can sometimes, attentions can uh, can waver. But tonight, uh, Wickham Wanderers was only one winning team and uh, the pleasing thing was the tactical side of tonight. We, uh, we contracted everything Exeter did. Uh, I thought we were the better team and deserved the win on the night. And in the Caller Premier Division, Biggleswade Town drew 1-all at home to Burnham. Chesham won 4-1 against Bashley. And Hamill Hempstead won 6-1 against Bedford Town. And that's your latest news and sports. I'll be back with more at 7 o'clock. Bashley! <laughs> Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. Uh, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, talking more about uh, Cliff Richard about badgers and the slightly more serious issue perhaps of uh, domestic abuse coming up later on in the show 08459 455 555 here's something I know you'll have an opinion on and I'm keen to get your thoughts uh, on this should people who are unemployed have to do community work for their benefits it's a suggestion that's come from the Taxpayers Alliance in a report called Work for the Dole it suggests a programme of compulsory participation in community work and training in return for the continued payment of benefits it says it's the next step in getting people off welfare and into work and that it will save billions of pounds and get hundreds of thousands of people of benefits over time well robert oxley is from the taxpayers alliance robert what is it exactly you're suggesting 
We're proposing a scheme where if you have been out of work for a certain time and claiming out of work benefits, and the amount of time all depends on how much you've contributed into the system in the past, that you should be put onto this programme, which involves about 30 hours per week of mandatory work experience, community service, work with charities, further training, or times in the job centre. <coughs> and what we're saying is that you know, these kind of experiences, this kind of time <coughs> on these programmes will help you develop the soft skills that will get you into work. Um, and given the fact that the taxpaying public are paying for those benefits, they have a right to see something in return for those benefits. So it's a scheme about helping people into work, but also giving them that necessary push that, given that we saw lots of jobs created in the last decade, but we didn't see a reduction in the number of workless households, we didn't see a reduction in those welfare dependent, um, that something further is needed for that group to give them that push. There aren't that many jobs though, Robert. In the last look, even in the kind of the boom period, um, we saw three million jobs created. But what about the period now when there aren't that many jobs? But there are jobs being created every day, and this is part. This is really. They might be part-time work. They might be short-term work. They might be minimum wage. But the problem is, is to get into that job market, you have to have the soft kind of job skills, the work experience, the fact that you are used to getting up into every day, going into work, dealing with your supervisors, initiative, it's, attendance, appearance. It's a little All bit. Those skills are needed. It's a little bit patronising, I think, Robert, to, to suggest that, that the majority of people who are signing on are doing it because they want to sponge off the state and they haven't got the dedication or the... I have uh, not the, suggested that in the slightest, but what I've said is But that, you, you've said you they know, haven't got the skills required to get a job. That they anyone, who kn- anyone who knows who has been out of work for an extended period, and don't forget, this is after you have been claiming benefits after a certain period. Anyone who's been out of work will know that you lose the certain work experience, the certain skills that do make get you into a job, that aren't just education and training. So how is you going know, to work in a Sue Ryder shop or, or uh, going, to, uh, going to help that? Because, you know, you get used to going into work, and look, you know, not everyone can walk straight into their dream job. Most people go and do a job which leads to another job which leads to another. You know, we can't get to this point where we have taxpayers subsidising people who want to just kind of turn their noses up at certain roles. Or more importantly, most people aren't like that. It's normally the commentators, the people who seem seen this programme as slavery, when actually what it is doing is asking people to do a reasonable amount of job-seeking, a reasonable amount of seeking experience to get you onto the employment ladder after you have been out of work for some period. How can and they do jobs? that's why the public back it by a majority of 80%. Where are those figures from? That's from the British Social Attitudes Survey, shows that actually the public back this from a wide range, the scheme that you should do something in return for your benefits. How will people be looking be able to look for work if they're working a working minimum of 30 getting, hours a week? Most, pe- most people getting up, firstly, part of that 30 hours a week can be part of the time in the job centre doing something meaningful, looking for work. Oh, people, Robert, well, I do, have you ever signed on? Uh, I have been unemployed. I didn't sign on, but I was circum- right. see, looking I, for I work. signed on. There's, you don't... <coughs> oh, dear, please. Yeah, Sorry. I, I, I've signed on, and the jobs that they offer in the job centre are rubbish. You know, you, you, that's not where you get jobs from, necessarily. So spending um, more time in the job centre... It's another reason to overhaul a job centre. But the point here is, is that, you know, 
if you have been on benefits, if you have been on welfare, looking for three months, six months, two years, then you're pushing someone onto this scheme so that you know there's an expectation that you've got to be showing something. And given that most people you know listening to this probably getting up, they're working 35, 40, 50 hours a week. I doubt that they will think that it is unreasonable to expect somebody who should be looking for work for doing about 30 hours of something to try and improve their chances of getting work. So look, you know, this is the scheme. And as I said, there were three million jobs created during the boom period, and we didn't see any reduction. But we're not in, in the, the boom period now. You can't. Re- you but can't refer are, this back are, to the boom period. Getting, we are getting back into that period where jobs have been created. The economy is Sorry? growing. Sorry. So that we, it's growing. <laughs> it's growing by like 0.2 percent. It's ridiculous. It's been falling. Yeah, and those jobs have been created. Certainly, the government can do a better job of uh, creating those conditions. But we know that jobs are being created. That is what the statistics show. So there is Robert, work I out speak there. to people every single day who cannot find work. I, I would suggest your statistics saying there are jobs out there is slightly flawed. Look, we, well, look, you know, if you want to go and argue with the Office for National Statistics, you're welcome to. But the point is, is that there are, there is work out there, and we should be doing everything to support and also, you know, encourage those people who have been on benefits for a long period of time, who are, need to find work, providing the skills so that when those jobs are out there, that they can get them. Robert, thanks for your time. Robert Oxley from the Taxpayers Alliance. So, if you haven't got a job, what are you doing? There are jobs out there. Come on, guys. There are jobs out there. That's according to Robert Oxley from the Taxpayers Alliance, and you should be out there doing them. Huh? 08459 555555. Two issues I kind of picked up from Robert there. Uh, the first one is there are jobs out there. Well, you tell me. We have done so many phone-ins on people looking for work. Are there jobs out there? 08459 555555. The second issue is And it is a slightly different issue. Should people who are unemployed have to do community work for their benefits? I kind of think all of us should do a little bit of uh, community work, a little bit of volunteering. We should all put something back in. Mark's near Milton Keynes. Morning, Mark. Hiya. Mark, have you got a job? No, not at the moment. I'm on the work programme. Go and get one. There are loads of jobs out there, according to Robert Oxley from the Taxpayers' Alliance. Oh, Yeah. There was another, I'm non-political, but there's another report going around um, that uh, people aren't paid enough on the low-pay sector. Well, listen, you should. You need to lower your sights and go out there and get a job. Oh, yeah, yeah. How long have you been I looking for work, like Mark? One. Too long now. Apparently, the statistics are saying that you have less chance of finding a job on the work programme than you do actually just being plain unemployed because you're running around in circles being told what to do by someone that used to be either a telephone call centre handler or a shelf stacker that's now in a sadistic sort of place of power that can stop your money for 13 weeks to three years just because the government are paying, what is it, spending five billion, year, uh, five billion on the subject. They're spending half a million on... on um, the computer system to make the work program work. When you hear someone like Robert Oxley saying um, that there are jobs, credit, sorry, you're saying there are jobs out there and things like that, how, how does that make you feel as someone who's out there looking for work? It's it's just it's there's not enough jobs to go around. They've imported a number of people. That's the government's policy. Germany decided to sign a piece of paper saying they weren't going to have free trade movement. They're doing quite well. We need to look after our own people. But the thing is, it's just a bullying situation to reduce the, um, what is it, the wages, as to call it, of the low-paid, yet we're not seeing the reduction of the the high-paid wages, as to call it. 
you should you should you be should you be working for your benefits i'd like to find a proper job that's what i would like to do okay mark we've got we've got to end it there thank you very much indeed two points there are jobs out there and you should be working for your benefits. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five on a slightly different issue. Jenny's in Milton Keynes. Good morning, Jenny. Hello. You are a Cliff Richard fan. Yes, I am. Why? Well, uh, going back a hundred of years ago, when I was a when I was a young thing, we went to see him at ABC Cinema in Kingston upon Thames, and he actually smiled at me, and I <sighs> and I oh well, I nearly fell through the floor at sixteen years old. But he's always got a lovely, lovely voice, and his songs are very, very good. Well, he he has got a very he's got a, a, a an inoffensive voice. Um, I wouldn't. I don't. Are all his songs very good? He must have done a few stinkers. Oh, he probably has, but most of his songs are very very good. Are you going to go out and buy his one hundredth album coming out later this year? Uh, yes, I have got a CD, so I shall. CD player, so I should buy that. Okay. Well, uh, the, the, Jenny, thank you very much. Jenny's a fan because uh, Cliff Richard smiled at her. I'm going to say it. Going to say it. Cliff Richard is rubbish. I've said it. It's out there. Put it out there. He's rubbish. Five good songs. I'll tell you the five good Cliff Richard songs a bit later on. He's rubbish. He is really, isn't he? He's one of those things that, oh, look, he looks younger than he actually is. He doesn't. Look at his neck. Look at his turkey like neck. That's the giveaway. The face is easy to make look young. Look at the neck. The Peter Panapop. Well, I don't think so. 08459 455 555. I know I'm putting myself in great danger of being attacked by Cliff Richard fans. Cliff Richard, apart from five songs, is no good. Now, here's a band. Here's a band. The BG Band. You am going Something's telling me I must go home line isn't it Massachusetts is one place I have seen 
He says it with such uh, weight in a, you know, his reedy, slightly nasal voice, but... Ah, 08459 455 555. There are jobs out there. That's according to the Taxpayers Alliance. Go and get them. And if you don't get them, well, then you should be working 30 hours a week to get your benefit. What do you think? 08459 455 555. It's a quarter to seven. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the latest travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, traffic's starting to build in the usual places. The M25 anti-clockwise looking a bit slow between 26 and 25 towards Enfield in the roadworks area. As you head further around, you hit some more queues between 21 and 20. That's the M1 to Kings Langley. The A1, the Barnet Bypass southbound, looking pretty slow towards Apex Corner. And the North Orbital Road at Brickett Wood, that's looking a little bit slow as you approach the M25. A little bit foggy in places, especially to the east of our patch. So do take care and make sure you've got your fog lights on if needed. George Thomas, BBC Three Counties Radio. George, thank you very much. 6.46, it is uh, Wednesday, the 4th of September. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Buckinghamshire Housing Association has been branded heartless by the family of an elderly tenant who stands to lose part of her garden to make way for more social housing. A report has found that drugs, weapons and illegal immigrants could be entering the UK because of pressure on border staff to reduce queues at passport control. In the sport, in the sport, at the US Open Tennis, Andy Murray came from a set-down to beat Dennis Istomin 6-7, 6-1, 6-4, 6-4 and book his place in the quarter-finals against another tennis player. Coming up, should all school children be taught... I'm not saying that name in the slightest. Coming up, should all school children be taught about the dangers of domestic abuse? 08459 455 555. Before that, let's get the weather. It's Kate Kinsella. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, one or two mist and fog patches still lingering this morning, but they should be quite quick to lift as the temperature heats up. And once it does, we'll see blue sky and sunshine across most of the three counties. One or two bits of cloud bubbling up this afternoon, but it's not going to get in the way of the temperature rising. We're looking at a maximum of 26 Celsius. That's 79 degrees in Fahrenheit in the light wind. Now, this sunshine's going to last right the way through to the time it sets. And when it does, it'll be dry and clear overnight. Wind again falls light overnight so we're looking at mist and fog patches likely to form some of it could be quite thick for tomorrow morning minimum temperature away from towns and cities we're looking at 14 15 celsius built up areas a degree or two warmer so still another warm night to come and tomorrow it's a similar day mist and fog first thing but warm sunshine through the rest of the day in fact warmer than today with a maximum of 28 celsius that's 82 degrees in fahrenheit it's overnight tomorrow into friday where we'll start to notice the change a cold front moving southwards bringing with it some cooler fresher air behind it and also some wet weather for the end of the week and that's your forecast thank you kate just a little bit of technical trickery every weekday from 12 nick coffer brings you we're talking antics and collectibles it doesn't have to be old things these anxieties that you have when you get rid of this first one you'll find that all these other things that you're talking about can fall into place nick coffer we've had some great music today the beatles abba Smokey robinson adele pink floyd nick coffer i am wearing bright purple jeans weekdays from 12 on bbc three counties radio 
So all those things. We're talking about serious issues today. We're talking about unemployment and how um, unemployed people should work for their benefit. Talking about how there are jobs out there, you're just not looking for them. Talking about a, a, an old lady who's uh, the orchard at the end of her garden has been, uh, is going to be chopped down to build social housing. And you're all calling in about Cliff Richard. I don't understand how this works. Matt's in Luton. Morning, Matt. Morning. Matt, are you a fan of Cliff? Uh, I'm not a fan of Cliff, but I respect him. I'm not a big fan of Cliff, but I respect him because I've grown up with Cliff Richards. You've grown, you grew up with him? He was in the 60s and he was brilliant. Are you related to him? Uh, no. Oh. But I'm glad I'm not related to you the way you slag people like Cliff Richards. It's Cliff Richard. Cliff Richards, yeah. yeah Sir so Cliff Richards. Cliff Richard. Yeah. Yeah. There's no S at the end. Okay. Why do you respect him? Because he's done it all. He's been there, done it all. He's not done one everything. Of the, one, one of the greatest British artists I've ever seen. And he's still there. But he's rubbish, though, really, isn't he? Uh, well, if you say so. Well, he what is. What do you know about music? Well, I've, I have a very varied and wide knowledge of music. Well, I, I'm a Johnny Cash fan. Oh, now he, you're talking, Matt. Uh, sorry, hang on a minute. He's the complete opposite of Cliff Richards. Yes, no, he was a speed freak and he was a swearer and he yeah, was a cusser and, and he, he was brilliant. He was a bit like me. He'd tell you how it is. And Cliff Richards been there every There's... year, hits one art. One after the other. Yeah, but they've all been... A lot of them have been very tepid and insipid, haven't they? Yeah, not really, no. Either. Well, yeah, yeah, they have. Millennium Prayer. Any time he was on TV, every, he had a full... Everybody went to see Clifford's. There's no S at the end. I don't care what you say. You're well, trying to wind me up, and you? No, I'm not. I'm just telling you... Yes, you, you are. You love winding people up. You are defending him. you don't him. even realise what music is. You're, defend- you're defending him, but you don't even know his name, Matt. That's all I'm saying. Oh, God, you're sad, you are, eh? I'd love to meet you, you know. What, buy me, buy me lunch? No, no, I'd probably sing you a Cliff Richard song. Oh, no, please don't. And it's, no, it's Cliff Richard, there's no S at the end. All right, we'll take the S off. Will you be buying his 100th album? Uh, no. No, but I probably will re- listen to it. It'll probably be on the... Uh, Ken Bruce show, which is a great show. A brilliant show, yes, yes. And he plays a variation of music, which we all want. Yep, okay. We all can't listen to Johnny Cash. I love Johnny Cash. Okay. Uh, Matt, I feel we're going round in circles. So, in conclusion, you agree with me that Cliff Richard is rubbish? Yeah, don't slag something you don't know what you're talking about. You shake my nerves and you rattle my brain Too much of love drives a man insane You broke my will, but what a thrill
feels good. Hold me, baby. Well, to love you like I love is good. You're fine. So kind. Got to tell this world that you mind, 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 mind. You're my baby. I'm not quit on my thumb. Real man, it's a bloody show. It's fun. Come on, baby. Run crazy. Running this is great. Balls of fire. Should all children be taught about the dangers of domestic abuse? The Department of Education says it has no plans to make lessons about it compulsory. That's despite calls from campaigners saying that it should be. At the moment, lessons are delivered in some schools, but students have the option to opt out. Well, Kelly Middleditch is from Brooke Milton Keynes, the UK's largest young people's sexual health charity. Morning, Kelly. You and your team go into schools and speak to secondary-age children about this. Should these discussions be made compulsory? Good morning. Um, yeah, I, I believe so. I think they are so well-received um, and well-wanted within the schools that Really, if, we don't, if no one's delivering this stuff um, in the schools, they quite often aren't going to get it, any messages anywhere else. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so secondary school ages is 13 to 17. Are you seeing yeah. uh, young teenagers who are, are in um, unsuitable relationships, let's call them? Yeah, unfortunately. Um, I think the law has just kind of caught up a little bit with the age of domestic violence by coming down to 16. But certainly we work with... Um, uh, referred people to us on a one-to-one basis, particularly that are in relationships that are already controlling and coercive. So you're saying there are 13, 14, 15-year-old girls and boys mm. uh, who are in relationships that, that are either physically abusive or mentally abusive? Yeah, certainly. We start wow. to see the early kind of things like constantly texting somebody to find out where they are, being put down, oh being isolated at an early age. But the good news is that we can do work at that stage before they're in a real cycle of abuse to, to really get them to understand what a positive relationship should be like for them and so they can make choices if we get education early on. And do these young people, um, when this is happening to them, do they think it's normal behaviour? Or, or do, do, do the majority of them realise that actually this, this is a little bit odd? Yeah, some of them haven't really thought about it as, as anything, to be honest, at that point. And so it's not until you have that discussion and make them realise that there could be a better um, way, a nicer relationship for them, that they realise, oh, actually, yeah, you know, that's not great. Or they're just happy to be in a relationship at all, and so think that that's more important. Mm. And so we can kind of unpick that a little bit, and, and quite often... We, we talk about the difference between being single and being in a relationship, and quite often they go, oh, actually, being single is quite good. <laughs> so we have those discussions as well. Whenever we see domestic abuse tackled on, the, you know, the soaps like EastEnders or in mm-hmm. these big, big campaigns, it's always a woman getting, you know, thrashed to within an inch of her life. Now, while that does happen, and not to mm-hmm. demean that, 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 I would imagine that's generally the exception. And it, it, the, perhaps the smaller levels of abuse, like you talked about, the, the, the constant texting, where are you, who are you with, what are you doing... Um, that they perhaps don't get considered to be abuse? I think so. I think um, we are trying to change the name of, rather than thinking of it as just domestic violence, but domestic mm. abuse to try and encompass all of those behaviours, because it's certainly not always physical violence. But uh, unfortunately, some of the stats do show that there's still high levels of actual physical violence for young, um, particularly women. Um, but I agree, we need to try and think about um, domestic abuse in a different way and recognise the emotional side first rather than, oh, it's just about being knocked around. And is there anything that can be done? I mean, the, the government has said, no, we're not going to make this compulsory. Is, is there anything being done to try and change their opinion on this? 
Yeah, certainly, Brooke. Um, in National, we, we do a lot of lobbying <laughs> for, for that, and, and along with um, people like the Sex Education Forum and the PSHE Association, there's lots of people trying to push for a change. Um, and we will keep doing so as well. We, we really believe passionately that there's, there's a space there for this to happen. Kelly, thanks for your time. Keep up the good work. Kelly Middleditch from uh, Brooke Milton Keynes, the uh, UK's largest young people's sexual health charity. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us uh, a, a call. Uh, lots of things out there at the moment. The thing that's really grabbed your attention is Cliff Richard. Cliff Richard. Cliff Richard. There's no S at the end. It's Mr Spock, not Dr Spock, unless you're talking about the child expert. Cliff Richard. His 100th album is being released. I suggest he, he, he should have stopped 70 albums ago. Someone on Twitter has been cruel enough to suggest that the gentleman should have stopped 99 albums ago. Well, five good songs. I'll tell you what they are a bit later on. Cliff Richard really is. I mean, he's rubbish, isn't he? Awful. We, the only reason we, we, we keep him keep buying his records is because he's been around for so long. It's that kind of thing. You're not dead yet. We'll keep buying your stuff. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Traffic starting to build up on the London-bound M1 between 9 and 7, Redbourne and Hemel Hempstead. The A1M also a bit slow south now from 7 to 6 towards Welling Garden City. On the M25, it's queuing anti-clockwise from 26 to 25 towards Enfield in the roadworks area. And it's slow between 21 and 20 as well on the approach to Kings Langley. The Barnet Bypass southbound slow towards Mill Hill Circus. And the North Orbital Road, the A405 at Brickett Wood, that's a bit slow uh, as you head towards Junction 21A of the M25, slow towards the roundabout there. George Thomas, BBC Three Counties Radio. George, are you a Cliff Richard fan? Well, you know, a little bit of holiday every now and again. So, you know, a bit of novelty. I think that was Madonna, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. A summer holiday. So that's, the, that's it. Thank you very much. There we go. That's a summer holiday. Again, you listen to it. It's not a very good song, is it? And hats off to him for lasting. I believe he's been in show business for over 83 years. Well done for that. But Cliff Richard, really, he's rubbish, isn't he? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Seven o'clock, I'm Catherine Boyle. The headlines, Housing Trust accused of betrayal, customs checks cut back to ease queues and another musical milestone for Hertfordshire's very own Sir Cliff. BBC Three Counties Radio. A Buckinghamshire pensioner says she's so worried about plans to build on part of her garden she can't sleep. 84-year-old Georgina Peterman was born in the Housing Trust property in Bishopstone, where part of the orchard is set to make way for social housing. Mrs Peterman's accusing the Vale of Aylesbury Housing Trust of betrayal, especially since they used her story in a recent publicity drive. They, they came to me, took photographs and told, I told them about my life and where I lived here because I was the longest I've been the longest tenant tenant for so many all these years and and now they want to do this dirty trick on me (laughs) it's uh, really upsetting at the moment i just don't sleep i keep thinking about the apple tree being cut down so it's just one big worry at the moment 
The government spending watchdog is warning that customs checks are not being carried out as thoroughly as they should be because of the pressure to deal with queues at passport control. The National Audit Office says the border force started missing some of its targets because it was under pressure to reduce the amount of time people waited to have their passports checked. The Immigration Minister Mark Harper conceded there was room for improvement. I think they acknowledge that the, the organisation done really well from where it started from. It did a really good performance, I think, during the Olympics and the Paralympic Games last year. So a lot of work done, but I think still some challenges and still some things to do. That's what I would expect the NAO to say. And we'll be responding, obviously, to their recommendations uh, in due course. But I, I think the organisation is going in the right direction. A man who was sentenced to life in prison plus a thousand years for keeping three women captive in Ohio has been found dead in his cell. Ariel Castro was pronounced dead in hospital. A pilot cull of badgers which began in Somerset last month has been extended to Gloucestershire. Police are patrolling the cull zone to ensure any protests are peaceful. The family of a Buckinghamshire woman who was told her home was worthless because of the proposed high-speed rail line have welcomed the news that compensations now come through. The Turwestern home of 98-year-old Elfrida Harper Tarr has been bought by HS2's exceptional hardship scheme for £245,000 but her son Mike says many other homeowners in the village have been left in the cold. I can only thank God in the sense that I didn't buy the house opposite my mother's, which at one time we'd seriously thought about when it was being built, because I would personally be in exactly that position now, as is virtually every other homeowner into Western. Hertfordshire boy done good Sir Cliff Richard has announced he'll bring out his 100th album this autumn. Sir Cliff, who grew up in Chesant and filmed his Wired for Sound video in central Milton Keynes, says the fabulous rock and roll songbook will be his tribute to some of his musical heroes. In sport at the US Open Tennis in New York, Andy Murray fought back from a set down to beat Uzbekistan's Dennis Istomin 6-7-6-1-6-4-6-4 and book his place in the quarterfinals. And the weather warm and sunny with a top temperature of 26 degrees Celsius, that's 79 Fahrenheit. Get the latest news News and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Do you like Cliff Richard? I like Wired for Sound. Wired for... I like ice cream. I like toast. I like ice cream. No, I like no, toast. No, no, It's the line, cassette in my pocket and now I'm going to use it. <laughs> What's he going to use a cassette for? <laughs> for his Walkman. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm in trouble with the Cliff fans. I'm in trouble with the Cliff fans. Yes, I know the Wired for Sound video was filmed in Milton Keynes. You know, tell me, you know, he makes it local and vocal. Yeah, I know. Housing Trust in Buckinghamshire has been branded heartless for approving plans to cut down the orchard at the bottom of an elderly tenant's garden for social housing. Are the Housing Trust heartless, or is she being selfish? People should work for their benefits and their dole. And there are jobs out there. It's not according to me, that's according to the Taxpayers' Alliance. Well, what do you think? If you're signing on, should you have to work for it? And serial bachelor boy Sir Cliff Richard releases his 100th album. He had a couple of good songs about 40 years ago. But really, Cliff Richard, now, pack it in, mate. Pack it in. Pack it up, pack it in, let it begin. Facebook, that, that'll uh, mix with our demographic. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or, and we have had a lot of calls on this, and we'll, we, we will be hearing from Chris in the next 30 minutes or so, who's setting up his reverb to sing us a Cliff Richard song. 
Give me a call 08459 555 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counts Radio. About 40 minutes ago, we spoke to Chris who um, is a big Cliff fan and he's going to um, set up his equipment. I, I pity his neighbours. He's going to set up his equipment and play his Cliff song live on the radio. But before that, uh, should people who are unemployed have to do community work for their benefits? It's a suggestion that's come from the Taxpayers Alliance in a report called Work for the Dole. It thinks the unemployed should have to do community work and training in return for benefits. The Taxpayers Alliance says it's the next step in getting people off welfare and into work and that it will save billions of pounds and get hundreds of thousands of people off benefits over time. Well, Robert Oxley from the Taxpayers Alliance told me earlier on there are now more jobs out there and people should be doing more to take them up. If you have been on benefits, if you have been on welfare looking for three months, six months, two years, then you're pushing someone onto this scheme so that you know, there's an expectation that you've got to be showing something. And given that most people you know, listening to this probably getting up, they're working 35, 40, 50 hours a week. I doubt that they will think that it is unreasonable to expect somebody who should be looking for work for doing about 30 hours of something to try and improve their chances of getting work. What do you think? I gave a fair play to Robert. After he stopped coughing, I gave him a tough old time and he, he can't hit every ball back should people who are unemployed have to do community work two things are raised from this aren't there should people who are unemployed have to do community work for their benefits and and robert said there are jobs out there they may not be the jobs you want they may not be the skilled jobs you think you deserve they you may be earning less than you think you should but there are jobs out there 08459 455 555 are there jobs out there we get people calling this show a lot who have been unemployed for years and can't get work. Maybe they're aiming too high. And should you be working if you're on the dole? Should you be doing something, whether it be voluntary work or training, to get your dole? And if, if you do work every day and you, you, your neighbours don't and they seem to be living the life of Riley, signing on, does it get you angry? 08459 455 555. Mark's in Bletchley. Morning, Mark. Good morning, Ian. What's your take on this? There's no living of life for Riley. Uh, let's, uh, let's put that straight, <laughs> anyway. But we see all uh, these stories in, in the, the Daily Mail and the Express about these families with eight children and they're getting mansions and they've got big screen TVs and they've got Xboxes and things. Well, not in my position as single bloke, 55, with a midlife crisis got stacked, uh, trying to get back into work. Um, it's, it's different. It, it, it might be OK for, say... A few of them, but uh, not not for not for a lot of us. But uh, I, I was I was sat doing the, the maths for that uh, earlier on, and um, if if you we get seventy one pound seventy a week, um, that if you work thirty hours, that uh, that be two, divide that is two pound thirty nine. Now, one hundred eighty five pound is a, a minimum wage job there. I've done seven voluntary work, which is, well, they told you got to do it. I didn't want to do it, but they said, you'll get a job. It hasn't got me anywhere, Ian. Just over two years. How long have you been unemployed, Mark? Just over two years? Yeah, just over two years. Are you aiming aiming too high? No. It's funny, the first hour of your show, I'm actually spent uh, looking at the UK job site, applying for what's left of a sort of almost exhausted uh, i've even applied for stupid jobs cause just to fill it out so that i've got no chance for getting you know within sort of 60 70 80 100 miles because i've actually run out uh, of 
sort of online jobs. To so, Mark, you're saying you're saying that you you, you they just aren't the jobs out there. No, I All right. wouldn't. Say Stay so. there, Martin's no. Martin's in Luton. Martin, do, do you agree with what Mark's saying that the, the jobs aren't out there? No, I don't agree at all. Go no. on. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, I'm in a low-paid job, um, and I complained about it, and someone just said to me, get off your backside, go out and do something. So I bought myself a ladder, a bucket, and some equipment, quite cheaply, and I started my own window cleaning round. I started with 10 customers, I've now got 60, and uh, even though I'm scared of ice, up a ladder, what? two days a week. Hang on a second, Martin. Why, why would you put yourself through that torment if you're scared of heights? You go up a ladder. I, I don't like ladders in the slightest. I can do that. Uh, needs must. Yeah. You, you know, you conquer your fears. I don't particularly like window cleaning. It's not a bad job. It's not hard. It's not easy. But um, it brings in a little bit of income that I needed to boost my other job. Mark, you, you need to get off your backside and, and, and use your initiative. I've tried all that. I, I've actually done a little bit of window cleaning, but, uh, well, remember me the other week telling you I went to go for a job in a, in a care home yep. to, for washing up, and I, and I failed that because they deemed me not to have enough qualifications, things like that. I've, I've tried all sorts of things, um, you know, from uh, loads of supermarkets. Uh, my job apps at the moment is 466 uh, job apps at the moment. I've had one reply since... March, and that was this week. So, Martin, you've obviously made this work for you. What what, what su- suggestions would you give to Mark then? It, it, really, it's first of all you need to set yourself up some simple flyers off your printer, go around as many houses as you can traipse around. If you've got time to do it, then do it. Um, flyer hundreds of houses. Don't stop, and. Out of all that, you'll get maybe... If you fly a 1,000 houses, you might get 30 houses to do. Do the houses, and people come out and ask you for their windows to be done. In two years' time, from when we started, from when I started to when I finished, I've now got 60 customers. I don't advertise anymore because I, I haven't got no room for more customers. They're out there. People want their windows cleaned. Mark, is that something you could consider doing? Well, it, as, oh, Martin, have, have you got uh, vehicles for ladders and stuff, for carrying ladders? Um, I, I do have a car now, but when I first started, I was carrying my ladders on my shoulders. I'm a big lad. Yeah. I can do it. And I was I had a bucket in one end, a ladder on the shoulder, and I walked. Now, oh. because I've got so many customers, I've got my own car. Yeah, well, I, I live in a 17-storey block of flats, so I'd have a job to keep for now. 10 or a... Ladder but Mark, come on, now come on! It do, now it does sound like maybe you're making excuses. You could find somewhere to store a ladder. There'll be a lock up downstairs. That I'm sure you could borrow. Well, 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 no, not really. That that's not a practical first side. Plus, there are two other. Um, okay. I'll probably, look at I'll probably see it. Even if you don't go, even if you don't go window cleaning, surely the um, uh, uh, the, the suggestion that Mark, you know, Mark's uh, Martin's um, getting off his backside and going out and doing something and using his own initiative, whether it be window cleaning or something else, that that's got to be quite inspirational, hasn't it? Well, I I do college. Well, I do college work. I go to learning places. Uh, adult continuing education because i've got to get my education back up to where it should be you yep. know sort of the gcse levels and stuff like that but uh, i somebody said oh get yourself a market stall well where do i what do i sell you know you know it's i, I know i was told i've got to think outside the box uh, for weird oh weird jobs and stuff i've even tried to go put in for crematorium workers oh, um 
Yeah. Mark, listen, we're, we're going to move on. Mark in Bletchley, good luck with, with uh, looking for work. I know you've, uh, one day you'll give us a call and you'll tell us, I've got it, I've got a job, or I've got an idea. And I'm going to have a go at this. Martin, thank you very much indeed. Martin, fa- Martin didn't find work, he made work. He went out and he made a job. Is that the way to do it? Is it as easy as that? Uh, Bill's in Harpenden. Morning, Bill. Good morning. Bill, have you got a job at the moment? No, I've been unemployed in terms of, like, full-time proper jobs for about three and a half years now. The, the jobs are out uh, there? Yes, they are. Uh, the problem is getting to them. Uh, I, I, last year I did a bit of work in uh, Hemel Hempstead, but that was in the summer, and I cycled there. Yeah. Um, but in the depths of winter, it's a bit of a different story. Well, cycle there. You can't get... What, in the, in the snow and ice? Walk there. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's, it's not on, because it, it's, it's, shift, it's all shift work. But walk so, there. If, you, if, you're the, 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 if you're that desperate for work, then, I mean, what, what, how, how many miles is it from your house to that job? Uh, oh, God, I couldn't tell you what it is in, in miles. It's about two hours' walk, something well, like walk. that. Two hours' walk. If, if it's a job that you really want, walk. Well, walk two hours there, do a full shift, and then walk two hours home. Why? Yeah, why not? Like the following day, it's 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 not really on. There will but be people. Really there will be people listening, though, Bill. 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 There will be people listening, though, going, "Hang on a second. If you're signing on, yeah. because you couldn't be bothered to walk, uh, and I'm not judging you at all. I'm just I'm, I'm just throwing this out there. Uh, people yeah. saying, if you couldn't be bothered to walk two hours, why should they support you with your job seekers allowance or, or dole or whatever it's called these days? Yeah, but you know, there's a practical side to it. You know, you've got to have a life outside of work as well. And if you do, you yes, yeah. But it's um, in, in the long term, yes. But in the short term, you have to do whatever's best for you and your family, don't you? And if if that means walking for two hours to a job, then that's what you do. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I've done it for a period, but then you um, jacked it in. Uh, no, no, no. I I I left for other reasons. The um, the company I was working for uh, wouldn't let me have time off for an operation, basically. So oh, okay. That's why I left. Well, there we go. Um, but anyway, what I really wanted to talk yes. about was this work program thing. Yeah. Um, I'm currently on the mandatory work program, and um, I've been doing it for. I started last week, and all I'm doing is shifting lumps of wood around, basically. Um, apart from yesterday, yesterday was a bit more interesting, but. Um, and you have to do this uh, to get your benefits. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, they, I mean, you know, they say, oh, it's not a punishment. It's, uh, you know, it's to help you gain experience, etc., etc. Well, you know, I'm sorry, but it doesn't um, match my previous work experience. And, you know, literally, I'm just being used as a donkey. And I'm working, and they say it's not a punishment, but I'm working alongside guys that are on community service, for whom it is a punishment. Mm. Bill, thank you very much uh, indeed. Bill in Harpenden. 08459 455 555. What do you think? There are jobs out there, and if you've not got a job, you should be forced to work at least 30 hours a week, voluntary or training or something like that, to get your, your benefits. That's according to the Taxpayers' Alliance. What do you think? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Very, very slow anti-clockwise on the M25 in the roadworks area at the moment, between 26 and 25, Waltham Abbey and Enfield. Also beyond the brakes anti-clockwise between 21 and 20, the M1 and Kings Langley. The, M, uh, the M1 itself, London-bound, is slow.
from Junction 10 at the Luton Airport Spur Road down to 9 at Redbourne. The A1M struggling south from 7 to 6, Stevenage to Welland Garden City. And the Barnet Bypass southbound is slow towards Mill Hill Circus from Stirling Corner. Also pretty slow on the North Orbital Road at Brickett Wood, just on the approach to Junction 21A of the M25. Very slow towards the roundabout there. George Thomas, BBC Three Counties Radio. George, thank you very much indeed. 7.17, Wednesday the 4th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Buckinghamshire pensioner says she's losing sleep over a housing trust's plans to build social housing on part of her garden. The government spending watchdog is warning that customs checks are not being count, carried out as thoroughly as they should be because of the pressure to deal with queues at passport control. In sport, the defending champion Andy Murray is through to the quarterfinals of the US Open Tennis in New York. Coming up... Well, Chris is going to play some Cliff Richard in a little bit, I think. But before that, Badgers. BBC Three Counties Radio. Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio. If you're at home, sit back, because this is going to be very, very interesting. You've got the selfie, the legsy, the bumsy. <laughs> You're going to start that trek. Roberto Peroni. We seem to be heading um, headlong into war again. We're very keen to stop this from happening. We don't know where this might lead. The lie that took us into the Iraq war could become a shocking truth in this one. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to uh, give us a call. Lots of calls this morning. Well, it, it's it's splitting calls between um, whether people should uh, have to work to claim their benefits and Cliff Richard. I know. Who'd have thought? Two the topics quantum leaps apart from each other are generating the most calls. Let's see who wins at the end. Huh? Signing on or Cliff? Let's see. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone. Now I've put it out there, and I will put it out there again. Cliff Richard is rubbish. He's not very good. I know. I've, I know. Controversial. Controversial indeed. But there you go. You see, if you disagree strongly, as I'm sure many of you will, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. On to slightly more serious topics. I'm talking this morning about the badger cull. BBC News has learned that the second stage of the government's controversial pilot cull of badgers in England got underway in Gloucestershire last night. The process of shooting the animals in an attempt to curb TB in, bat- uh, in cattle began in Somerset last month. Initially, the pilot will not examine how successful the cull is in reducing the uh, spread of tuberculosis to livestock. It'll actually test whether the cull can be carried out humanely, safely and effectively. Over a six-week period, the government hopes to kill 5,000 badgers in Somerset or 70% of the local population. But is this a good idea or not? I don't know. I've got, I don't, this is one of those things I don't understand. Depends on who you talk to, and both sides seem to have very convincing arguments. So let's get them on together, shall we? Adam Quinney is Vice President of the National Farmers Union, and Jack Reedy is from the Badgers Trust. Good morning to both of you, gentlemen. Good morning. Uh, Adam, let's start with you first. Why is the badger cull necessary? OK, the, the badger cull is necessary because uh, TB is an infection of, can be an infection of any mammal, but cattle have it. Uh, it's been an increasing problem over the last decade. And you test cattle, you get them clear, but they keep getting reinfected again. 
up to 50% of the cases that are being calculated are down to badgers in heavily infected areas. And how, how has this calculation been done? How, how do that's, we know that 50% come from badgers? There was an extensive trial approximately 10 years ago um, where badgers were culled, where data was collected, they were culled over a five-year period, and then there's another four years of observation after that. And it's through the data collected through that that it was calculated that 50% of badgers are involved in the spread of disease in high instance areas. Tell me how uh, uh, damaging it is, uh, Adam, for farmers whose livestock gets tuberculosis. It, it's massively. I mean, we've, we've just gone clear of TB on our farm here and talking to other people. You go on farms where they've been shut up for 10 years. Shut up means once you get a reactor in your herd, it means you cannot sell any cattle at all. It also means that you're testing cattle every 60 days. And it's not a one-day test, it's a two-day test. So it's a huge amount of work, effort, loss in the value of your stock. It means you're losing generations' worth of um, breeding in your, in your cattle. And it, it's soul-destroying for the people involved in it, seeing their businesses go down the pan. Jack Reedy from the Badger Trust. It, it, it sounds convincing, doesn't it, that badgers spread TB it's to cattle and we, we need to stop I it. I figure of 50% of badgers infected in uh, high incidence areas. Did you notice that, uh, Mr Quinney said, up to 50%? That is the actual top peak figure found in, I think, one instance. Now, that is quite a serious twist of the uh, of the actual truth of this. Uh, and that is what the debate is being de- bedeviled by. Uh, it's cherry-picking a little bit of scientific ev- evidence that happens to support your prejudice about this uh, very serious subject, and it's not the way to go about it. Jack, will culling badgers have any effect on the uh, uh, TB in cattle? It will, uh, but it won't have anything like uh, what the farmers expect it to have. We, uh, as far as we know, uh, the test that, uh, uh, the trials that Mr. Quinney mentioned, came up eventually with a figure of about 16% benefit over nine years. That's a quite small benefit, and there's a tremendous amount of money going into it. The farmers are having to pay for it. The government slid out of picking up the bill, Uh, and uh, I'm afraid the farmers have been, it's a hard word to use, but they've been duped into believing that uh, this will make a significant difference. They're talking about uh, curing TB, stopping TB, and all this sort of thing. Now, killing badgers will not do that. What will do it is better hygiene on farms, firmer controls on movement, or at least observance of controls on movement, um, and... uh, area restrictions and things of that sort, which now, happily, are being brought into play. And they're only being brought into play at the insistence of the European Union. Adam, They've you, been you, available to us for years, but haven't been put into place okay. because of resistance let's by put those, farmers. Let's put those points to Adam, uh, to Adam. Adam, you've been duped, and your farmers need to work a little bit harder. Uh, I, I think that um, Jack is not really connected with reality what's actually happening. Look, Farmers have put, it, have, have put up and doing a tremendous amount of work uh, with control on cattle movements. They've been stepped up tremendously this last three, four years. But badger culling has shown in the ISG trials. I mean, Jack is quite right that the, it's a 16% improvement averaged over the whole nine years. But if you looked at the improvement within the cull areas at the end of the, of the five-year culling period, 
there was a 42% improvement within the cull area. Now, there was a perturbation of 2,000 metres around it. That's why the areas have been larger. We've learned from that. That's been adapted. Uh, but, you know, what, and I'm sure Jack would agree that, you know, we need to develop vaccines that are effective and practical for both the badger, that means an oral vaccine. We need to develop um, a vaccine for cattle. But that's to develop a vaccine that we know works in the field. And, but the vaccine that we've got in the, for badgers at the moment is not practical. It is not necessarily particularly effective. So it showed a 4% improvement after a four-year trial in badgers. So it is, it is, we need a practical vaccine. We need a good test that's an internationally approved to tell whether the animal's been vaccinated or not, or got TB, and we need a vaccine. But we don't have that. And the Europe have said it's going to be at least 10 years, at least 10 years, before we get a cattle vaccine. Jack, so, you so, think... So, so this is the only method we have at the moment as part, you know, controlling badger numbers, taking them back to their levels of the 1980s, is only part of the answer. You know, it is about cattle movements, it is about better testing, but it is also about okay. controlling the wildlife population. Jack, you think the cull is inhumane. Why? Well, <laughs> because it's pointless and a waste of money. It, there isn't sufficient justification uh, for culling. You see, um, Mr. Greenwich just said uh, that uh, in the centre of areas there's been a significant improvement. So there has. But that is countered by... The fact that badgers get stirred up, they're highly territorial animals, and it's extremely dangerous to stir up any population where there is disease. Now, I'm not saying that badgers don't get TB. They do. The issue is whether killing them will aid the, the um, infection. We have to try it, don't we, Jack? It's such an important issue for farmers. Surely we, we, we have to try it. And, and, and if it proves that, that, that this is effective, then we should continue it. And if it proves it's ineffective, then, then we need to look at something else. Well, <laughs> this isn't proving whether it's effective or ineffective. What it's doing is checking whether the method of killing is humane and effective. Uh, that's entirely a different matter from... Uh, proving whether the uh, culling is effective or not as far as TB transmission is concerned. And that is the flaw in this, isn't it, Adam, that it isn't testing how effective this is. It's, it's just seeing whether they can actually kill badgers. Well, that's not a flaw. <clears throat> it's because we're looking for a more practical method. And the caging badgers is expensive and difficult. Uh, we control 300,000 deer a year in this country, foxes, other things through free shooting. So we're seeing if we can, with free shooting, we, as we do other mammals, and as they do in Germany, and so on, and, and other countries, can we free shoot um, badgers in the, out in the open, at safely, effectively, and humanely? That's what this is about. Of course, the, badge, the TB rate in cattle would be monitored, because we got all, because all that's all nationally recorded anyway, so we will see the effect through our normal recording systems in, in cattle. So that will be seen. We Look, Thornbury, they, they cleared badgers out uh, in the 1990s. It took 25 years for that area to be saturated with TB again. It, it was virtually clear of TB for 10 years. No, no country in the world has beaten TB in cattle without taking wildlife into consideration in how they eradicate cattle TB. Now, this is plainly not true. The United Kingdom did so. And it did it between 1950 and 1970, to all intents and purposes. It brought the incidence down from 25,000 cattle killed to an average of about 1,000. And that lasted for 20 years. Chaps, we, we have to end it there. Thank you very much. The last voice you heard, Jack Reedy from the Badgers Trust.
And uh, the other gentleman there was Adam Quinney, Vice President of the National Farmers Union. You any, you any clearer? You any wiser? The thing is, both sides sound so convincing. Again, as Nick Abbott on another radio station said last week, I always believe the last person I hear. It sounds so convincing. Uh, thank you very much both for your time. It's fascinating stuff. Uh, on the subject of... Um, we spoke to Robert Oxley from the Taxpayers' Alliance, uh, who has suggested that if you're signing on, you should work 30 hours a week, voluntary work, training, something like that, to get your benefit. He also said there are loads of jobs out there. People just aren't looking. Well, uh, Penny has emailed us. That Robert Oxley is talking out of his butt. My son is 21 and been unemployed since leaving school. He's tried the volunteering. No luck. He applies for jobs daily and still nothing. If Robert knows where there is a job going, please let me know. My son will be well chuffed. 08459 455 555. And more calls on Cliff after the latest travel on BBC Three Counties Radio. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's been an accident in Milton Keynes on Brickhill Street, just near the junction with Dansteed Way. A car and a cyclist involved. It's partially blocked off at the junction. All the emergency services are on the way to that one. The M1 London-bound slow from Junction 10 at the Luton Airport Spur Road to 9 Redbourne. The A1M southbound is slow from 7 to 6 Stevenage to Welling Garden City. And it's pretty slow on the Barnet Bypass southbound from Stirling Corner towards Mill Hill Circus as you head further into London. Anti-clockwise, the M25 not very pretty this morning. Slow through the roadworks from 27 at the M11 to 25 at Enfield. You'll be on the brakes again between 21 and 19, the M1 and Watford. And it's also slow between 18 and 16, that's Chorleywood and the M40. George Thomas, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, George. Let's get the latest news and sport now with Catherine Boyle. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. to Buckinghamshire pensioner says she's losing sleep over a housing trust's plans to build on her garden. The government's spending watchdog is warning that customs checks aren't as thorough as they should be because staff are under pressure to reduce queues at passport control. And Ariel Castro, the man sentenced to life plus a thousand years for keeping three women captive in Ohio, has been found dead in his cell. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's start with tennis. Andy Murray's through to the quarterfinals of the US Open in New York in a match against Stanislav Wawrinka. He came from a set down to beat Dennis Istomin 6-7, 6-1, 6-4, 6-4. And Murray says he had to be more aggressive after losing the opening set. Match point to the defending champion. Murray serves down the centre of the court. A good return from Istomin. Huge forehand from Murray. He'll finish it with a volley. In the women's draw, the defending champion Serena Williams beat Carla Suarez-Navarro 6-love, six 6-love six to, re- to reach the semi-finals. Williams now faces China's Li Na, who beat Russian Ekaterina Makarova 6-4-6-7-6-2. To football now, and MK Dons and Wickham are both through to the second round of the Johnston's Paint Trophy. The Dons beat Northampton 2-0 at Stadium MK with goals from Patrick Bamford and Delhi Ali. MK manager Carl Robinson was pretty pleased. The pleasing thing for me is their effort. I think you've seen it was in the, in the 93rd minute, you've got George and Chaddy just in front of you here trying to win the ball back. There's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's an edge to them. 
And Wickham were also 2-0 winners at Exeter. Matt McClaw and Anthony Stewart supplying the goals there. Here's chair boys boss Gareth Ainsworth. This group of lads has got legs, it's got enthusiasm, it's got energy uh, and the lads who have got experience really hold it together too. So we're ready to take anyone on. Uh, I believe we can beat anyone on our day and it's my job to get us on our day every week. In the Keller Premier Division, Biggleswade Town drew one all at home to Burnham. Chesham won 4-1 against Bashley and Hemel Hempstead won 6-1 against Bashley! <laughs> and that's your latest news and sport. I'll be back with more at 8 o'clock. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. You're all calling in today. I love it. Thank you. It's so much better when you call in. I love it when people call in. It's nice. I have little Barney, little back slapping and then a big hug. Big manly hug at the end. That's what it's all about. Lots coming up in the next 30 minutes. More on uh, your thoughts on the suggestion from the Taxpayers Alliance that uh, if you're signing on, well, you should do 30 hours a week work to get your benefits, of course. And there are plenty of jobs out there, says Robert Oxley from the uh, TPA. 08459 455 555. And Cliff Richard. His 100th album is on its way. Everybody sits down in excitement. You excited? You're a fan of Cliff? He's not very good, is he? By the way, Chris, we're supposed to be hearing from Chris. Chris, you called in about 20 past six, just over an hour ago. Chris was going to sing to us and play a song live down the phone. Chris, we can't call you back. We think you may have left your phone off the hook or you could be on the phone or something. So put your phone back on the hook or switch it or do, do whatever you need to do. We want you to come on. The whole of the three counties is, is hovering. There are children who should be at their first day at school today who, who won't leave the car. Businesses are grinding to a halt as people refuse to step out of their car from the car park and go up the flights of stairs. They want to hear Chris playing his Cliff Richards song live on the radio. But Chris, we cannot get hold of you. I hope you're back from the... I hope you got your papers. Have you got hold of him? Sweet. He's coming up soon. He was listening. We got him. On the slightly more uh, serious subject of uh, work, Lynn is in Bletchley. Morning, Lynn. Morning. What can I do for you, Lynn? Well, I, I just... I'm actually on about Mark. Um, oh, Mark, Mark in Bletchley, who called in uh, a little while ago. He's been out of work for a while. He's been looking for a long, long time. He has been. Yeah. And I knew Mark when he was working, and he took all the overtime, all the hours God sent, he would work. Yeah. Then, obviously, he fell, uh, got made redundant, he fell out of work. I see him every day going back, either going or coming back from the job centre. From where I live, he has to go past mine. And it, 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 this, is, this is a man who really wants to work. Mm. Right. But, but because of his age and qualifications, he's applied for absolutely loads of, loads of jobs. He's not extravagant. You won't see him mark out drinking. He hasn't even got a television. And do you know how depressing it is when oh, you really want to work and you can't get a job and nobody will just give you a chance? But, but Lynn, according to uh, Robert Oxley from the Taxpayers Alliance, there are loads of jobs out there. He's talking out of his butt. He's probably... He's an idiot. Um, you know, it, it, it Mark's age... Uh, I'm, I'm going by people like Mark. There is... I, I, I honestly think there is work for some people um, if they've got the qualifications or they're younger. Um, like that other poor lady said, her son's out looking for a job and he's 21. Let's hope he gets something soon. And if anybody's out there that's got a little something going, we'd give Mark a chance and just see what a good worker he is. Do you think people like uh, Robert Oxley from the Taxpayers Alliance are, are out of touch with what's actually happening out there? Yeah. Tell him to get out in the real world. Do you see that programme with his undercover boss? Let him get out there and uh, do a bit of that. 
and see what's really going on. It's not a bad suggestion, Lynn. Thank you very much indeed. And um, 08459 455 555. <clears throat> Cliff Richard. Dave's in Luton. Morning, Dave. Good morning, Ian. You a fan of Cliff? Sir Cliff, if you don't mind. I beg your pudding. Are you a fan of Sir Cliff? No, I, I was. In a sense, I am. But I, he's a load of rubbish singing live. So hang on one second. In a sense, you are a fan of Sir Cliff, yeah, but he's rubbish. Now, I do like some of his records of the past. Not now, but... He's a load of rubbish live. But I know I met him many years ago in Watford. And I even... We even went up to him and told him he was a load of rubbish. Oh, no. And we told him he wouldn't be known if it wasn't for the shadows. The shadows made Cliff. You're like the people that still come up to me saying you're nothing without Ali G. Why would you go up and say that to a man that he's no good at his job? Just let him be! No, if you heard him that night in Watford... Many years ago, yeah. he was absolutely rubbish. And the only per- people that made him that night was the shadows. So this must have been... Well, well this is like 50, 60 years ago, then. You cheek. <laughs> well, when was you're it? Bar- you're barred from my phone. Where, Who where? knows you're about... Fi- oh, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's end of the 60s, early 70s. OK, so about 45 years ago. Well, yeah, yeah. all right. Oh, all right, calm down, Dave. Back, back away, back away. Put the glass down, Dave. Yeah, Put the no, glass no. down. We don't want any trouble here. He's not worth it, Dave. No, I know, because you keep on barring me on the radio, but you let me on. Oh, are you the uh, fellow that I bar? Well, you tried to Off. before you went on holiday. You're banned again. How does he keep sneaking through the band net? Thank you for reminding me, Dave. I should let you off the banning because of that, but I'm not. You're banned. He's banned for the rest of the year. Don't want Dave on. How does, he, how does he sneak through? I'm sure we've got a, 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 a tight uh, computer security system that, that should alert us the moment the band callers, such as Dave, phone up. <laughs> Do not allow Dave on. <laughs> we got Chris. Chris. Chris, you spoke to you at 20 past six. You were going out to the papers. Then we couldn't get hold of you again. What happened? Uh, well, the cop didn't have it. He had to go to a different paper shop. In the square. So. Oh, blimey. What, what paper do you take, Chris? Uh, the Sun for the horses, mainly. But my son doesn't like the Sun. He says it's... Um, well, I think there's a lot of hype for the Sun. They, they truck off arguments that don't need talking about. Well, the front, well, you say they, they truck off arguments that don't need talking about. The front page of the Sun today, well, Squaddy becomes you. Muslim woman. Uh, Ex-territorial army private has gone from a gun-toting male soldier to Britain's first transgender Muslim woman. Front well, page, Really? Well, I'll go, I might go for that one, then. OK, I don't know if it's an option. So, Chris, you teased us with... No. He said trying to rein it back in before everybody got in trouble. Yeah. You teased us at 6.20 with... <laughs> um, uh, you were going to... You had a very uh, intricate musical setup. Yeah, but, see, I've, I've been a roadie, and I had a day centre do, and this lady was singing... Um, what was it called? Last right, something, and she's given me a mobile number. But she's got the roadies and the computer and a mixing oh, desk. So nuts. Okay. Uh, we might see. I'm on a pension. I'm not on benefit. So okay, that's. I'm, I do it because I like it. That's the main thing. Well, that, that, and that's that's why people should play music because they like it. Yeah. So what's what's have you just got a guitar then for us this well, morning? I've got the acoustic up. The the, the electric might get feedback. Okay, beautiful. And, and you're going to play us? I'll, I'll tell you, what I'm going to play. When the girl in your arms and the girl in your heart, I think it came from summer holiday. Okay, fantastic. And that guy, he 
was back by Noy Paramore and Orchestra, not the Shadows. That's when he first started, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Well, Dave's yeah. banned anyway, so let's not even discuss. Yeah, it's not but, given the, the, the light you know, of publicity. Don't look it till you've tried it, innit? Can he play guitar, this bloke? Anyway, no, no. So I, I can do it. I see, I don't read music. No. I can play, got a, quite a good repertoire by ear, the Kinks. But I've, it's a cruise setup. I've dubbed myself over Waterloo Sunset on a tape deck. It's a bit crude, but he comes out. I would pay top dollar to hear that one day, mate. Could you maybe you could send that into us? But you've got yeah, to play Cliff. I, I sent it to my son in the army. Oh well, we wouldn't have got it. No, but I can do another one. I've got another setup. Well, Chris, you are you're going to play Cliff Richard. Uh, you're going to play what? What's the name of the, name of the song? When the girl in your arms is a girl in your heart. Wonderful. So the girls in the pictures. See, Cliff oh, Richard was uh, the, the mum's can. dream boyfriend, wasn't he? Yes. Uh, his name was Harry Webb. Yeah. And he was the boy next door, the clean-cut image that every mum wanted her daughter to marry. Well, he still is, in many oh, ways. Yeah, I would yeah. I don't want to marry him. No. I wouldn't mind to go to his gaff in Barbados. I wouldn't mind a bit of that. Now, you're going to play a song for us. What's the song called, Chris? It's called When the Girl in Your Arms is a Girl in Your Heart. Away you go. You know you have uh, to have a written invitation to go in there. What, into his house? Yeah, in Barbados. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. It's got a security gate and... You would think so. Because it's, you know... <laughs> anyway, Chris. Yeah. You're going to sing for us. What's the title of the song? Well, a lot of people know me about Lou, and... and uh, OK. Uh, it's called When the Girl in Your Arms is a Girl... In other words, the girl you love. Chris, take it away. Over to you, Chris. Thank you, Dave. Here we go. Listen to BBC Three Counties Radio. Chris is going to play us a Cliff Richard song. I'll be there, I'll be there. OK, where's his guitar? I'll put the mic on. Oh, he's going to put the mic on. He's going to put a mic on. Very professional. Hello? Hello? Chris? Hello, I'm there. Are you go- we can't hear you very well, Chris. Where have you gone? I'm here. What, have you fallen down a hole? You can't hear me. I can just about hear you. Y- y- yes. I don't want to call him up anymore, I guess we're going to have to do this then. What's that? Sorry? Can I do a quick one and see how it goes? Away you go. to the phone, Chris. Huh? Come back to the phone. Yeah, I will do. Good lad. I will do. That was... Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. That was very... uh, That was very enthusiastic. You're very keen, aren't you? Yeah, but I I don't practice enough. No. Well, uh, you know, you practice when you can. That was great. Can I I just say something briefly about my history? Um... Is it it, it on air, is it? We're on air now, yes. Well, I better not say that then. Probably... This whole conversation's been on air. Yeah, but I, I will give you my mobile number sometime, and we'll, you know, we'll track off from there. Um, Chris, uh, listen. In other words, when you're down and out and you're depressed, music can fire you up. Music is the doctor, makes you feel like you're otter. That's isn't according it, to the Doobie Brothers. Saying if music be the food of love, play on. 
Yep, there is. Is that Shakespeare? I think it is Shakespeare. Look at you with your Shakespeare. You are raising the intelligent quotient of this show tenfold, Chris. I can't believe they stopped taking the kids to school when I was singing. Was that a bit hypey, that one, was it? It was, it was a little bit hypey. But yeah, people... but you have to do that, Governor. You have to get... That's um, the business. See, Show... A lot of people know me, man, in my past, which I can't die. No. I'm in council combination through a reason. OK. Well, Chris, listen, I, thank you've for... got a lovely family. Good for you. Chris, I'm going to have to stop you there because we're running out of time. Yeah, you, OK. You've been a cracking sport this morning, this, Chris. This unemploy- employment thing is a bone of contention with me. I know it is. We, we haven't got time to talk about that. But OK. But Chris, a lot of old guys... Um... We, we, yes. Uh, Chris, I just want to say you've been a really good sport this morning. Yeah. Morning. Thank you so much for calling back. Uh, no, no. Did you hear that? So I don't wake, I've got to, I don't wake it up to all this time. Don't want to wake the neighbours up. I think, I think it's about, I, I think after seven, they have to make a complaint anyway. Exactly. Chris, we're going to end it there. You've been a really good sport this morning. Thank you so much. Uh, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable passion. That's what music is about. You don't need technical, uh, you don't need technical skills to play music. It's the passion. Chris has proved that wholeheartedly. Thank you, Chris. Excellent stuff indeed. 7.45. Listen to BBC Three Counties Radio. Local and vocal. That was both of those things. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's been an accident in Milton Keynes on Brickhill Street, just at the junction with Dan Steed Way. On the junction, a car and a cyclist have had a coming together. All the emergency services are on the scene at the moment. It's partially blocked and a bit slow on the sensors. It's also been an accident on the A1 northbound, just at Biggleswade North at the Sainsbury's roundabout. A car and a motorbike involved. It's at the roundabout. Uh, there are actually some delays on the southbound approach as well. The A1M southbound, that's a bit slow between 8 and 7. Stevenage and Hitchin. It's just uh, usual, uh, usual slow stuff on that stretch. No incidents or accidents that I'm aware of. The London-bound M1 is slow from Junction 10 to 9. The Luton Airport Spur Road to Redbourne. The M25 anti-clockwise is quite a struggle this morning. Slow in the roadworks between 27 and 25. The M11 and Enfield. Uh, also struggling between 21 and uh, 19. The M1 and Watford and it's also slow from 18 round to 16 that's Chorleywood to the M40 George Thomas BBC Three Counties Radio George thank you very much indeed still uh, recovering from Chris's fantastic performance there if you missed it but it'll be on the BBC iPlayer no doubt it'll find its way into the weekly podcast as well Uh, it's 7.46 it's Wednesday the 4th of September I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio a Buckinghamshire pensioner says she's losing sleep over a housing trust's plans to build on part of her garden the government spending watchdog is warning that customs checks aren't as thorough as they should be because staff are under pressure to reduce queues at Passport Control. In sport, MK Dons and Wickham are through to the second round of the Johnston's Paint Trophy. Both secured 2-0 wins last night. Coming up, Cliff Richard. 100 albums. 100 albums. Should he have stopped 99 albums ago? He's only got five good songs. I'll tell you what they are before the end of the show. 08459 555555. Before that, though, let's get the weather with Kate Kinsella. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Good morning. Well, there's one or two mist and fog patches still lingering, but it looks like the majority of them have started to lift now. Blue sky and sunshine really today. A very warm and sunny day, similar to that of yesterday, with the maximum temperature getting up to around maybe 25, 26 Celsius later, 79 degrees in Fahrenheit. Just a light southerly wind. That's going to fall light overnight. It'll be dry and clear, but that low wind will mean we get one or two mist and fog patches develop once more. Minimum temperature in the countryside, 14 Celsius, 57 degrees in Fahrenheit. Built-up areas may be a degree or two warmer. So for Thursday, it's a similar start. Mist and fog around first thing, but it will soon clear and it'll be warm and sunny again. The maximum temperature warmer than today, particularly tomorrow afternoon. We could get up to 28 Celsius, 82 degrees in Fahrenheit. Then we've got a cold front sinking south overnight Thursday into Friday, bringing with it some cooler and fresher air and some rain for the end of the week. That's your forecast. This week on EastEnders. Mr Mitchell, can you hear me? We need to get him out of here now. Phil's been in an accident. His car crash lies really bad. A battle over business and love shows no signs of slowing down. But when they searched the house, they found tools. You know, things needed to cut the brakes. And in Albert Square, there's only room for one top dog. Let's do it, Max. Phil, he's hanging on for dear life from what I've heard. EastEnders. It's obvious what's going on here, isn't it? Carl, stitching me up. Tomorrow night at 7.30 on BBC One and BBC One HD. Or you could read a book, go and talk to some friends, have a nice meal, enjoy the long walk, or just go to bed. I, the, the options are there. I'm just presenting them to you. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, if you were listening to me last Friday, you'll remember I told you this story of a blind woman whose guide dog was refused entry to a bread shop, I believe they used to be called bakeries in the old days, in St Albans. Emma Hanford from Watford was asked to leave the bread shop bakery last week after being told customers would not like her guide dog, Odine, near her food. Well, we spoke to Sue Rowan, who is a friend of Emma's and works for the Hearts and Beds branch of Guide Dogs for the Blind. Uh, so it was an incredible story, and we were all a little bit shocked by it. And, uh, of course, Emma w- was very distressed, wasn't she, by what had happened? Yes, she was. It was very upsetting for her because she tried to explain her legal rights, and unfortunately the manageress just wasn't prepared to listen to her side of the story. And again, just to clarify, because lots of people didn't know this, guy, if you have a guide dog, it can go anywhere. Restaurants, shops, food shops, hospitals, it can go anywhere, can't it? That's correct, yes. In terms of the Equality Act and the Health and Hygiene Act, guide dogs are the only uh, dog that uh, can go anywhere. Now, I, I believe, I don't quite know the full details, but the manageress of the uh, the bread shop in uh, 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 where sh- uh, she was refused entry has realised her mistake and has apologised. Yes, in fact, we've had a couple of apologies from both the manageress and on Monday we met Emma and I with the managing director who came down from their head office and he did apologise and they presented her with a lovely basket of their products and a, a doggy treat bag for Odine. And we actually, um, it came out very positive in the end because uh, we handed over some information to the managing director who ensured us that he would make sure that every single one of his employees in all his branches goes through the material, which quite clearly explains what a guide dog is as opposed to a normal pet dog. Well, isn't that a, a, a wonderful uh, resolution? Not only you got some nice cakes and some muffins and things, some, some stuff for the doggy as well, uh, but perhaps more importantly, the, 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 all the members of the team are going to be educated on, on what they can and they can't do in regards to people with guide dogs. 
Yes, they even showed us their further support by offering to have one of our collection boxes there. So oh. I think we've got a good ongoing link there well, with the bread shop. Well done then. Let's let's give a, if I if I were Jonathan Vernon Smith, I would be playing a fanfare for the bread shop. Uh, but uh, I, I'm not, so I shan't. Sue, that's brilliant news. Well done. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Bye bye. There we go. Well, what are, I do like it when we get nice stories. We don't get them very often, but it's nice. Sue Rowan uh, from the Hearts and Beds branch of Guide Dogs for the Blind, and well done to the bread shop there. Um, in St Albans for realising their mistake and not just apologising, which would have been adequate, but going perhaps that little bit further. So well done, them. 08459 455 555. It is funny, isn't it? We've done shows on Syria. Uh, We're talking about unemployment today. We've done shows on uh, all kinds of big stories, big, big things. Literally world-changing things. We've never had as many calls as we're having today about Sir Cliff Richard. The the phones have not stopped ringing with people phoning in primarily to defend Cliff Richard. The reason we're talking about him, he's about to release his 100th album. Ouch. Our reporter, Sophie Solari, has been out asking what you uh, think. Sophie, I I don't know a lot about your musical taste. Do you you like Cliff Richard? No. Oh. Do you? Um, I like five songs. What's your top one? Um, in the country. What's that one then? Ba 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 ba. When the world in which you live in gets a bit too tough to bear, and the scent and no one found you, and the scent there's someone there, you're gonna find me out in the country. Yeah, you're gonna find me out in the country. That one. I hate that one. Oh really? Yeah. It's my number one. All right. Yeah. Good. You've been out talking to people. What yeah. have people been saying Pe- about Cliff Richard? People don't care. People <laughs> really don't care. He's back. Have oh. a listen. So are you excited that he is releasing his 100th album in November? Not particularly, no. Right. So you're not pre-ordering that then? No, definitely not. We're all going on a summer holiday. That doesn't brighten your day? No. Cliff Richard? Yeah, Cliff Richard, sir. You're excited, aren't you? Not really, no. Uh, I don't know Cliff Richard. You don't know who Cliff Richard is? No. Any clue in his songs? Any? Um, Summer Holiday? No. What about Christmas Time, Mistletoe and Wine? Mm, no. We're all going on a summer holiday. Ah, OK. Which one's your favourite? Um, the... One, one's in a film he made, Summer, Summer, what is it called, that film? Summer Holiday. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. If I tell you someone's coming back in November, pop star legend. Right. He's releasing the fabulous rock and roll songbook. Who do you think this is? No idea. Prepare yourself. <laughs> Cliff Richard. Really? Well, there you go. No, the, uh, apathy. Met with uh, abject apathy. Nobody cares out here. But the thing is, Sophie, people do care. That He has got so many fans. He has got fans. He's 72, 73 years old. He has got fans who will still do that ridiculous thing of camping out overnight to buy tickets for him, even though it's easier to buy them online now. They will camp out overnight so they can be guaranteed the best seats at the Royal Albert Hall when Cliff does another one of his tedious shows. But they're not the norm, are they? 
you saying that Cliff Richard fans are not normal? I mean, that's exactly what I'm saying. Well, can I just say, that quote came from Sophie Solera, who said that all Cliff Richard fans are not normal and in many ways are deviants. They have a few issues. OK, well, Sophie, can, can, I want you to find someone this morning who is excited, who is bouncing around off the walls about Cliff Richard. That's going to be really hard. No, you can do it, Soph. I'll give it a go. See you later on. She can do it. She can do it. He does have... By the way, j- just to say, that was Sophie Solaria there who said that Cliff Richard fans are strange. Did not come from me. Thank you for writing that Cliff Richard cue, by the way, Kelly. Excellent stuff there. Really uh, spot on. Thank you very much. Sheila is in St Albans. Good morning. Good morning, Sheila. Cliff Richard. Yes. He's a great guy. Oh, I'm sure he's a lovely bloke. He, he gives, I tell you what, he gives 101% to not, his performances. Not, not like Bieber, possible. who turns up late. Not like some of the other younger groups who come on um, halfway, three quarters way through the session, i.e., you know what I mean, you go in at half past seven and it warms up and you have about uh, two other people in front before half an hour towards the end you get the person you come to see. Yes. So I, you know, knock him as you will, but he does what he does, and he does it well. Listen, he has got, he, he does bland mediocrity very, very well, you're correct. He has got staying power, and obviously he's a lot more professional than, than Justin Bieber, any of these idiots that are around at the moment. Well, put, put it, I, I, I really can't see Justin Bieber still going at uh, Cliff Rich's age, and quite a few others. Okay, but, but are you going to be uh, buying his new album? No, but I did go and see him earlier on this year at oh. Fieldhouse. Oh! And how long was his show? Um, they had the ladies, I think it was about half past seven till after ten. Cause they have to watch so he did much. a two and a half hour show? No, we had the ladies from oh, what they called those ladies who. The ladies? The, so, the soldiers. Burlesque dancers? No, 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 no. No? No, the. Um, oh, the military wives. The military wives. Oh, right. And the young mm. singer before that. And then he came on and he. He stayed on stage the whole time. Right. Absolutely marvellous. And, you know, he, he, he's a very good performer, but some other people don't come over as good as him, you know. OK. Well, uh, Sheila, you've put forward a very strong argument. Thank you very much uh, indeed. I, you have to respect someone who's stu- stuck around for... He's been in show business for 83 years. 83 years. You have to respect that. Doesn't mean he's any good. He is professional. He's professional. Something I vaguely aspire to. Um, but really, his 100th album, you're going to be buying it. Is anybody? We've got, we had lots of... OK, here we go. We've had lots of people phoning in, defending him, saying, well, OK, come on, look, he's, he's a good lad, leave him alone. Can we get somebody to call in who's actually going to say, yeah, well, I, I have already put in an advance order. I am going to be buying this Cliff Richard record going to treat myself to his 100th album i've got all the 99 before it and i'm going to buy this one can we find anybody who is actually going to go out there and buy the new cliff richard album i don't think so i don't think so 08459 555 you're listening to ian lee on bbc three counties radio it's time to get the latest travel Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's been an accident in Milton Keynes on Brickhill Street, just at the junction with Dan Steed, where a car and a cyclist involved. All the emergency services are attending. It's partially blocked and quite slow in the area, we can see on the sensors. The A1 both north and south is slow at Biggles Way towards the Sainsbury's roundabout. 
it's because there's been an accident between a car and a motorbike it's slow especially northbound but southbound's also a bit sticky the m1 london bound slow from junction 10 to 9 towards redbourne the a1m southbound slow towards 7 at stevenage and the m25 anti-clockwise is a struggle this morning from before 27 at the m11 to 25 at enfield also anti-clockwise slow from 21 to 19 towards watford from the m1 and from 18 to 16 from Chorleywood to the m40 george thomas bbc three counties radio thank you george Robert Oxley from the Taxpayers Alliance says there are jobs out there and if you don't get them, well, you should work 30 hours a week for your benefits. Do you agree with him? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock. I'm Catherine Boyle. The headlines, Aylesbury Housing Trust accused of environmental vandalism, customs checks cut back to ease queues and 100th album for Hertfordshire Heartthrob. BBC Three Counties Radio. The family of an elderly woman from Buckinghamshire say a housing association's plans to build on her garden is a heartless act of environmental vandalism. 84-year-old tenant Georgina Peterman was born in the house in Bishopstone and says she's losing sleep over the veil of Aylesbury Housing Trust's decision. Her son Rudy spoke to BBC Three Counties Radio. There was no consultation with my mother in the first place, and they claim that there was. Just the whole sort of extent of the ecological destruction in this garden, they want to just inflict really. It supports a hell of a lot of wildlife, as well as, as being part of an integral garden. It just makes you so angry. Especially when our family has spent so much time, you know, 90 years looking after it with such dedication. A report has found that drugs, weapons and illegal immigrants could be entering the UK because of pressure on border staff to reduce queues at passport control. The National Audit Office was examining the work of the Border Force, a division of the Home Office which patrols ports and airports. Here's Danny Shaw. Last year, as the Olympic Games approached, new rules were introduced and extra staff brought in to cut passenger queues at ports and airports and ensure everyone's passport was fully checked. The changes had the desired effect, but the National Audit Office says it meant staff spent less time on other security duties, such as searching for counterfeit goods, illegal items and forged documents. Ministers say they're building on the border force's many areas of excellence by recruiting more staff and deploying them more flexibly and effectively. The man jailed for kidnapping three women in the US city of Cleveland and holding them hostage for a decade appears to have committed suicide in prison. Ariel Castro had been sentenced to life without parole plus 1,000 years for hundreds of offences, include killing his unborn child by beating one of the women. The BBC has learned that the second stage of the government's pilot cull of badgers in England got underway in Gloucestershire last night. Jean Berry is from the Gloucestershire Against Badger Shooting campaign. The badgers are blamed for spreading this terrible disease. Even if they were guilty of this, they don't deserve to die in this way. It's just so horrific. I don't know what this government is thinking of. It's just unbelievable. I can't sleep. It's just totally and utterly barbaric. The family of a Buckinghamshire woman whose home was valued at £0 because of its proximity to HS2 have welcomed the news that compensation has now come through. The Turwestern home of 98-year-old Elfrida Harper-Tarr has been bought by HS2's exceptional hardship scheme for £245,000. Harvard's Peter Pan of Pop, Sir Cliff Richard, is set to release his 100th album this autumn. Sir Cliff, who grew up in Chesant and roller skated through Milton Keynes in the video for one of the best songs about cassette tapes in Pockets, Wired for Sound, 
says the fabulous rock and roll songbook will be his tribute to some of his musical heroes. In sport, MK Dons and Wickham are both through to the second round of the Johnston's Paint Trophy after both secured 2-0 wins last night. And the weather warm and sunny with a top temperature of 26 degrees Celsius. That's 79 Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk <coughs> slash three counties. Are you a fan of... Uh, hang on, let me go again. <coughs> uh, do, the, do, do the last bit again. Three counties. <coughs> you have longer. I need longer run-up. Dot UK no, slash three counties. Go back a bit. Just go back quite a bit. But Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. So, uh, Catherine, are you a fan of Cliff Richard? I like Wired for Sound. Thanks very much. I like things to be professional, and I just don't think my first stab at that was going to be professional. I had to, you know, you've got standards, BBC Three Counties listeners. You've got standards. I mean, not particularly high standards. You're listening to this, but... Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's four minutes past eight. It's Wednesday. It's the 4th of September. The 4th of September. Wowzers. Where is this year going? My little boy starts um, nursery today. Oh... Lots coming up in the last hour of the show before JVS. By the way, did you hear JVS yesterday? Oh, it was a cracking show. He's on fire, that boy. Anyway, between now and then, we're talking about badger calls. They continue across the country today. There are big noises on both sides. But is it cruel to kill badgers? The Taxpayers' Alliance thinks that if you're signing on, well, you should work 30 hours a week to get your benefits. Also, as a side issue, they said there are plenty of jobs out there. What do you think? Do you agree? Should you have to work for your benefits? And serial bachelor boy Sir Cliff Richard releases his 100th album. He had a few good songs, five good songs in total. We'll we'll try and tell you what they are before nine. But Cliff Richard now, rubbish, isn't he? And our reporter Sophie Solaria said that all of his fans are weirdos. I feel that's a little bit harsh, but what do you think? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text 81333. Start your text 3CR. And you can give us a call 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Should people who are unemployed have to do community work for their benefits? It's a suggestion that's come from the Taxpayers' Alliance in a report called Work for the Dole. It thinks the unemployed should have to do community work and training in return for benefits. The Taxpayers' Alliance says it's the next step in getting people off welfare and into work, and that it will save billions of pounds and get hundreds of thousands of people off benefits over time. Robert Oxley from the Taxpayers' Alliance told me there are now more jobs out there and people should be doing more to take them up. If you have been on benefits, if you have been on welfare looking for three months six months two years then you're pushing someone onto this scheme so that you know there's an expectation that you've got to be showing something and given that most people you know listening to this probably getting up they're working 35 40 50 hours a week i doubt that they will think that it is unreasonable to expect somebody who should be looking for work for doing about 30 hours of something to try and improve their chances of getting work Joanne Long joins me now. She's a member of Boycott Workfare, a campaign group set up to end forced unpaid work for people on welfare. Uh, Joanne, thanks for joining me this morning. Uh, Robert Oxley there from the Taxpayers Alliance was saying things like this scheme will help people develop the skills they need for um, uh, for jobs. Well, the first thing to say is that 
He's three years out of date. Many of these schemes are already in place. And because they're already in place, we've got countless studies that show they're already a failure. The DWP's own research shows that mandatory work activity has zero effect on job outcomes. People on work experience come off the same off benefits the same rate as if they hadn't. And an international study that the DWP Commission shows it actually harms people's chances of finding work. Because instead of being able to look for work in a job market where there are so few jobs available, they're actually having to do 30 hours labour unpaid. I mean, we also need to question whether the scheme's even legal because actually the High Court found that several of them weren't at the start of the year and um, it's undermining the minimum wage. Uh, Joanna, sorry, I think I called you Joanna at the start. Joanna, d- 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 Robert Oxley was saying that part of it is the attitude, is the attitude. If you're getting up five days a week to go and do some voluntary work or, or to go and help out in your community, you're in the right frame of mind to get a job. Do you n- not agree with that? Many people on Job Seekers Allowance already are volunteering, but I think the thing we need to be really aware of here is that he's talking about an influx of maybe half a million people into the voluntary sector, and the voluntary sector really needs to consider whether it wants volunteering to basically be abolished because no part of the volunteering includes the concept that it's mandatory. And when he's talking about it, he's talking about community service, and we all know what community service is. It's a punishment for a crime, and this proposal is essentially a punishment for the crime of being unemployed in a jobs market that people who are out of work did not create. And we've got many places now where there's 20 people for every single job advertised. You could force people to do as much unpaid work as you want, and all that's going to do is replace the jobs that already exist. Well, that again goes against what Mr Oxley was saying. He suggested that there are plenty of jobs out there and people just aren't looking hard enough, or they, that their standards, they've set their, their sights too high and they should maybe lower their sights. I mean, that's in keeping with the whole approach of this report, which is to ignore the evidence. It's put together by a failed Conservative politician who's ignored the evidence of all these schemes in the last three years and is um, basically flag-waving for the Conservatives' current policy. Are you concerned that some businesses might take advantage of of some people by by the fact that they'll be doing unpaid labour? We already know that that's the case. In one home-based store earlier this year, they took on 20 people on placements like this. People who were working there for 48 hours a week on a zero-hour contract found that overnight the hours were cut to eight hours a week. How are people meant to survive when the hours that should be paid and the work that used to be paid is being replaced by these unpaid work schemes? Joanna, have a listen to it. I've just been sent an email from Jill. It's literally just came, come in, so I'm sort of reading it on the fly. Uh, mm-hmm. The doll was originally intended to help people in times of severe hardship. Uh, the recipients were also helped with finding a suitable job. Why shouldn't recipients of handouts today do community work? The community work will also give them a range of skills that will make them more employable. There are people out there, like Jill, who, who do work and do pay their taxes and all of those things, uh, who think it perhaps it's a little bit unfair that people can sign on for extended periods of time? People are signing on for a bare subsistence income of £70, and that's what it is in, in legislation. It's enshrined as the social security. It's a safety net. It's not the equivalent of wage work, and if people are doing work, they should be paid for that. It might be an unoriginal and old-fashioned idea, but I really think it's in the interest of everyone in society, whether you're in work or out of work, to defend the right to be paid for the work we're doing, because this is eroding the jobs that are available. Christmas work was much less available last year because all these big high street chains were able to take people on for free. Joanna, I appreciate your, your time. Apologies for getting your name wrong at the start. Joanna Long, a member of Boycott Workfare. What do you think? Should people who are on benefits have 
to do community work to earn those benefits. 08459 455 555. Well, we sent our reporter, Sophie Solaria, out asking that very question. Here's what she found out. Yeah, I think they should, they should. Yeah, I think they should do community work and give back something back while they're not working. Or even training would be good as well. I mean, I had an uncle that used to give back. He was unable to work and he um, did sign language and help children in hospitals and things. And I thought that was amazing, so... In this town alone, we've got about 400 odd people registered homeless, right? And we've got about 500 places that are vacant, nowhere, and no one's living in them. You've got all sorts of tradesmen there. I'm a painter and decorator by trade myself, right? You've got bricklayers, you've got uh, plasterers, blah, 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 you know what I mean? My suggestion was you put all them people together and do these places up. And as you do them up, they move into them. Do you see what I'm saying? So the idea that uh, 30 hours of compulsory work or activity, you'd be happy? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, That's... I would, yeah. I want to go to work. But I'm, because I'm homeless, I haven't got an address, so therefore how can I get a job? How can I make applications for work when people have got no address to, to send letters and to? We can't go online or nothing, can we? we no, can't, can't go, go online. online. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm computer illiterate anyway. You just want to use your trade to build yourself a life. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. The government are not giving us any incentive to get off the street. You know what I mean? If they was to give us some sort of incentive, we would go to work and we would, we, we'd get ourselves off the street and we'd get ourselves straight. Well, that's people speaking to Sophie Solaria earlier. And what do you think? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. It's also the uh, Cliff Richard hotline. Hotline, hotline. Uh, Linda is in Hemel, and you're, you are a Cliff fan, is that right? Yes, for many years now. Now, when you hear people, I don't know if you heard uh, our reporter Sophie Solaria earlier on saying you are a weirdo and you have issues. I get told that all the time, even by the fam- my family. They, they rib me all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so you're used to it then. You've built up a tough skin. Yeah. What is it about Cliff that's so special? I just love his music. If you feel down, it brings you up, and you just put music on, play it, sing along to it. Easy to sing along. And it's not like some of the groups now, whereas their song might be like more or less one word repeating itself. He, he, you know, it's just really good music. His lyrics are meaningful to you. They are. Yeah. They are. We're all going on a summer holiday... <laughs> Sun and laughter for a week or two. All these different ones. Yeah. Lots of fun on a summer holiday. La da 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 dee dee His hundredth album's coming out, Linda. Surely he should have stopped by now, shouldn't he? No, carry on as long as he can. Really? Yeah. I find this whole thing. And listen, hats off to him. You know, respect to him. But I find this whole thing of a seventy-two-year-old man trying to look like a thirty-eight-year-old man. <laughs> that's a little bit creepy, isn't it? Well, they, they all seem to do that, though, don't they? All these famous people. Shall I go through my top five? I could do that. (laughs) I'm going to go through my top five Cliff Richard songs with you and I want to see if you agree, okay? Okay. So at number five, um, Carrie. I like Carrie. I do, yeah. Yeah, you got that one in there? Yeah. Number four, and this is an odd one for me, being a uh, non-religious person, um, Whenever God Shines a Light, him and Van Morrison. It's not bad. It's not one of the top, I don't Oh, don't you like that one? No. Oh, I like that one. Whenever God shines a light on... I like that one. Okay. (laughs) Number three... Bachelor Boy. Oh, that's, that's one of the top. That is a great song, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Bachelor Boy. I like that one. Number one is In the Country. I think that's a brilliant song. Oh, that is, that is really... It's, it, it's an odd choice. Not many people like that one, but yeah. I like that one. Um, my number two, um, it would... Um, oh, I'm, I'm kind of tempted to say Daddy's Home. <laughs> Daddy's Home to stay. I'm not a million miles away. That's quite a nice one, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. What's your top one, your number one? 
Well, <laughs> Miss You Nights, I like that one. Oh, yes, beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> you ever met him? Actually, I have. Oh, go on, tell us. I went to um, Grey's in Essex, they had book signing, and that was, I don't know if it was about two or three years ago, the like years go quick, quite quickly, Yeah. and you had to queue up for this book signing, and it was at 12 o'clock when he was going to be there, but my in-laws lived down that way, so I got stayed overnight. Beautiful. And, they took me down there and the, the actual centre hadn't even opened but they seemed to know the security people in the door was open and I went, walked to where it was and I was number one in the queue oh fa- I can hear you getting all excited telling that story <laughs> Linda I can hear um, you kind of getting all fluttery but they go what did you say to him I said I don't really know because it all happened so quick really fantastic <laughs> Linda you've been a very good sport thank you very much indeed Linda is a super Cliff Richard fan I think we've got a few more coming on as well in a bit 08459 555 BBC Three Counties Radio let's get the travel news Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, we'll start with better news in Milton Keynes. That accident on Brickhill Street at the junction with Dansteed Way is being cleared out of the way and traffic's moving better now. In Biggleswade, the A1 looking slow in both directions towards the Sainsbury's roundabout of an accident between a car and a motorcycle. It's uh, mainly slow northbound, but there are also some short southbound delays towards the roundabout. The M1 London-bound slow from 10 to 9, the Luton Airport spur road to Redbourne, and the A1M southbound is slow from 8 to 7 towards Stevenage. Pretty nasty morning for the M25, looking pretty grotty anti-clockwise. From 27 to 25, the M11 to Enfield through the roadworks. You'll then hit some more queues between 21 and 19, the M1 to Watford. And it's also slow between 18 and 16, Chorleywood and the M40. Clockwise has got some delays now as well. From 22 to 23 towards South Mims is looking quite slow. George Thomas, BBC Three Counties Radio. George, thank you very much. Coming up to 8.17, it's Wednesday the 4th of September. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The family of an elderly woman from Buckinghamshire say a housing association's plans to build on her garden is heartless, a heartless act of environmental vandalism. The Taxpayers' Alliance says only the extreme sanction of stripping people who refuse to do 30 hours activity a week of all state help will force them to seek proper jobs. In Sir Cliff's favourite sport, tennis, Andy Murray fought back from a set down to beat Uzbekistan's Denis Istomin, 6-7-6-1-6-4-6-4, and took his place in the quarterfinals of the US Open. Coming up, more on badgers. The second stage of the government's pilot badger cull in England got underway in Gloucestershire last night. We'll find out about that and about JVS's attitude towards badgers. Yes or no, are you a fan of them? I don't know. We'll discuss that and more after this. BBC Three Counties Radio. On Saturday, it's an extended Three Counties sport with another four live commentaries. MK Dons host Swindon in the early kickoff. Then there's full coverage of Tramir versus Stevenage. Stevenage, a goal ahead. And Wickham's trip to Hartlepool. And at 5.30, Luton are at home to Grimsby. Howes will score. Right-hand side finds the back of the net. And Luton have got their goal. Hear all four games live this Saturday from 12 in Three Counties Sport. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Seriously. (laughs) If we could only... We've had two topics of conversation in that 30-second trailer for... I don't know what it was. was uh, Sport. Uh. 
Um, and both of them would get us sacked immediately if they were on air. Well, they would, wouldn't they? Yeah. The Daily, Daily Mail could hear these conversations. We'd be the new Russell Brand and Jonathan Ross. <laughs> Oh, we, they would oh, be uh, at us like nobody's business. Oh, dear. But we are professional and we keep our prejudices <laughs> off the air. Off the air. For most of the time. <laughs> you have been... Have you been on a course or something? What you, do you mean have I been on a course? You've been really good this week. <laughs> You, no. you are beastly. No, What's no. going on with you? Well, no, well, I'm not saying that you're not... I'm, OK, I am saying you're not really good. OK, but well, let me let me try... What I'm saying is, you have a uh, you have a standard... Yes. Uh, your worst, <laughs> you are adequate. <laughs> no? No? <laughs> try again. Let's, 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 let's change the system a bit, like they do with GCSEs. At your worst, yeah. you are flipping good. <laughs> you are flipping yeah. good. Am I? But you have been... You've, so this is adequate, which you're not ever... <laughs> Can I just say he's showing me with his hands I'm trying to do a graph on a on an imaginary graph? So okay. that is that's, that is that's, adequate. That's that's about normal, is it? That's flipping good. <laughs> this week you have been right up there. Gosh, really, really very good. Up, up <laughs> really, there. really, really very good. Next to that, Jonathan Vernon Smith. You've you've made me laugh this morning. <laughs> that's the first. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, it's a very funny show today, isn't it? <laughs> it's been funny. I've been laughing away. Oh, look at us. The tears were rolling down my ankles. Look at us doing what I believe the Americans call blowing smoke up each other's bottoms. <laughs> is that what it is? That's what the Americans call I blowing smoke. I'm blowing smoke up your bottom. Why oh. would you want to do that? What a pleasant image. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just do this. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. And focus. What's on your show today? On the big phone in this morning at nine, we're continuing with this story you've been running with this morning. Should unemployed people have to work for their benefits? The Taxpayers Alliance has told the government unemployed people should work for the dole. They've suggested a programme of compulsory participation in community work and training in return for benefits. The Alliance says this would save billions of pounds and it would get hundreds of thousands of people off state support. However, the Church Action on Poverty Group says this new suggestion is unhelpful as most benefits claimants are already looking for work. What's been the general consensus this morning on your show, Ian? Uh, It's it's been mixed, to be honest. It's been very mixed. We've had uh, both sides of the argument, both sides feeling very passionately about it well from nine this morning we're going to uh, continue this discussion i'll be asking should unemployed people have to work for their benefits have your say on 08459 455 555 cliff richard yes you a fan i love cliff really we're all going on some holiday you're doing the um, the teeth as well, like Darren He's Day. He's got teeth. Um, he has got teeth, yes. About ten years ago... It's not in his music, yes. ...at the radio station, um, we were sent a Cliff Richard calendar. All oh, right, yeah. It was uh, like a, a fan club calendar. Oh, and fans like to know what the month is and like to be told by Cliff, of course. And in some of the months, he was, uh, he was topless. <laughs> he had his top off. I know what topless means. That calendar hung on our wall for longer than just a year let's put it like that email 3cr at bbc.co.uk bbc three counties radio 
<laughs> oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. I'm enjoying myself far too much. I'm going to have to give some of my money back today, I think. I'm going to have to... No, no, not to the production team, to the, to the licence payer. You pay my wages, dear listener. I shall pop round and pop a penny through everyone's letterbox to say thank you for today. How about that? Uh, Cliff Richard, Ken's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Ken. Good morning. He's rubbish, isn't he? No, of course he's not rubbish. He's, he's, he's great. It's proved he's great, isn't he? He's, he's what about one of the only singers that been going all these years. I've been a fan of him since ni- 1958. His records are always good. All good, all good records. All good, all good records? Yeah, they're all good. All his songs are good. On, on his first LP that he made when he was when he was 18, he's done some lovely ballads on that. They, that. Probably people don't hear them now, but they're very good ballads. You want to listen to them sometime. You're, you're telling me they are all good songs? Well, I think they're all pretty good, yes. Mm. I, I think they are, myself, yes. I've got some... I like one of his that he made years ago called Some People. Some people, they love one another, they learn... OK, I'm going to play a Cliff Richard song that is not a good song, OK? There is no way anyone could argue that this is any good. You recognise this one, Ken? Here he comes. Ladies and gentlemen, he's 87 years old. Please welcome Sir Cliff Richard. It's not 87 years old. Hello, it's not 87 years old. Is he, how, so is he not 87? Where's the... Uh, my fa- 87, it's about 73. 73, so I've got the wrong fact sheet here. But hey, some... Let me tell you, I went to see him when I was 70. I'm an old man now. And I went to see him when I was 17 in Barbados, went to his big house, and he said, what are you doing here, Ken? He said, well, I'm celebrating my 70th birthday. Oh, he said, I'm 70 next year, so I'm 74 now, so he must be 73. Hang on, you turned up at Cliff Richard's house in Barbados? I went there, a friend of mine used to sing in our choir at our church. She's got a son that does, he's got his own business in Barbados, and he said, one day, he said to me, when we was out there, I'm going to take this to one of my customers. What? Went to see him in his big house. He wasn't there at the time, but he came in later on, and he, he was a bit shocked to see me, I suppose, but... Um, but so, hang on a minute, you turned up at Cliff Richard's house in Barbados? I did, yes, Did yes. he let you in? Well, it wasn't him at the door. He's, he's got people that work for him, you know, maids and things, you know. And I went in, because he got some friends of mine who got workers working in the house, and I went to see him, and, and we had a chat about, about my age and about his early records, and, and I found him a very nice person. Did you really go into Cliff Richard's house in Barbados and talk to him? Oh, that's what I'm saying to you. I told you, didn't I? That's what I said. I met him in Barbados in 19, uh, four years ago, 1970. And, it, and we were chatting... No, hang on, four years ago was 2009. Yeah, but I mean... You know, I, I was 70, 70 I said. I was, it, it right. Four years. I'm 74 now. OK. Happy birthday. No, I was 74 in February. Oh, OK. Well, and, and he was a nice bloke, was he, Ken? Well, I had a chat with him about his early records and, and, and everything else like that, and I, and I liked some of his records, and, and he said... Like I said, he asked me what I was doing there. I said, well, I'm celebrating my 70th birthday. OK. And he said, well, I'm 70 next year, so he must have been 69 then, so he's 73 now. Brilliant. Cliff, we're, we're, uh, Cliff, I'm getting obsessed now. Ken, thank you very much uh, indeed. We're going to... I don't know what's happening here. This show's gone international. Joan, are you really in Australia? Oh, yes. Well, well, well <laughs> good, good day to you, mate. Good day. <laughs> good day, you flaming galah. Are you, are, you, are you a Cliff Richard uh, fan? Oh, yes. Always have been. Why? I went to see him the last 
just before I left England, yes, I went to his concert there, and then I've been to the ones over here. Okay, so you're 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 a huge fan of Cliff Richard. What is it about him that's so special? I don't know. He's he always seems squeaky clean. He's just yeah. really easy to listen to. I don't know. They're just. He's the only one I've ever bothered about. We were tipped off that you were a big Cliff Richard fan, because you used to live in Stevenage, didn't you? Yes. Uh, we were tipped off by your sister, Pat, who's also in Stevenage. <laughs> Pat got in touch and said, oh, you've got to phone my sister Joan in Australia. She's the biggest Cliff Richard fan in the world. And is, is, is Pat right about that? Oh, yeah. Well, we, we think so. OK. Because when the last time, or, yeah, the last time we went, we ended up, we went back to the back of... To the, you know, by the stage door, and we're oh, standing there. Now, we were like I'm 75 now, so you know you're sort of the oldest around. <laughs> the oldest swingers in town, Joan. Yeah, hey, why it. haven't you spoken to Pat since Christmas? Have you had an argument, you two? No, no, I've phoned a couple of times, but they're out. Oh, and she's so not... then I just leave messages. And Pat's not phoned <laughs> you back. Eh? Pat's not bothered to phone you back. Oh yes, yeah, she does every now and again. Pat, why haven't you yeah, phoned your s- Pat? Why haven't you phoned your sister back in Australia? First of all, I'll say good morning, or Joan is my sister-in-law. Oh, that's, oh, so right. that, that's uh, why you've not called her. My husband Brian is Joan's brother. That's uh, it. Uh, the last time we heard Joan, after Brian's birthday in June, we came in and there was a message of Joan singing down the phone. That's <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs> And I'm definitely not the best singer. <laughs> not, no, not really. Anyhow, uh, Cliff Richard is not my number one love of music. No. So I know Joan is. Oh, yes. No, I've always followed him. How are you? It's cold over there at the moment, isn't it? No, it's beautiful. Oh. It's 26 today, and we're only on the second, uh, third day of spring. Oh, I see. It's 20, going to be 29 in Stevenage, which is quite a... Uh, a good number for early September. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you're going into winter. We're going into summer. That's true. <laughs> anyway, don't forget my birthday card for the 14th of September. I know. I've already got it arranged. <laughs> I think we better go. We're costing the BBC a fortune. All right. Well, thank you very to, much. I don't know. And hi to everybody. Where's the presenter <laughs> gone? We're taking over his program. <laughs> I think he's he's been really winding people up this morning about Cliff Richard. Ah, because what what's the deal on that? What is he? Is this his? But well, he's going to release an LP or uh, his one hundredth LP or something like that. Oh right. uh, So I'm going to start collecting them. They should be worth a fortune. (laughs) (laughs) I've got quite a few. Oh, oh, keep hold of them. (laughs) That's it. Anyway, love to all. You stand here. Right here, Joan. Thank you. Right here. Bye. Goodbye. Are you there, Ian? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's been an accident on the A1 at Biggleswade, just at the Sainsbury's roundabout, a car and a motorcycle involved. It's particularly slow northbound towards the roundabout. Southbound also has some delays. The M1, that's looking a little bit slow between 14 and 13, Milton Keynes and Bedford. Also got some delays on the M25 anti-clockwise from 27 to 25, the M11 to Enfield in the roadworks area. It's also slow from 21 to 19, the M1 to Watford, and from 18 to 16 you'll find some delays as well. Uh, Also the A40 heading into town, that's slow from the M40 at the Denham roundabout 
towards Gypsy Corner. And we've got some delays as well on the A1M. That's looking a bit slow southbound from 8 to 7 towards Stevenage. George Thomas, BBC Three Counties Radio. George, thank you very much. I am thoroughly... Wasn't that lovely? I thought I would back off and let two people who are related by marriage, you've not 10,000 miles away, not spoken to each other for ages, I thought I would just let them have a lovely little chat. It was like eavesdropping, wasn't it? Wasn't it? There's a show idea in there somewhere. 8.30, BBC Three Counties Radio. News and sport now with Catherine Boyle. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, the headlines. The Taxpayers' Alliance says people on benefits should have to do 30 hours a week of community service, charity work or approved training or face having their payments suspended. The family of an elderly woman from Buckinghamshire says a housing association's plans to build on her garden is a heartless act of environmental vandalism. And the BBC has learnt that the second stage of the government's pilot colour badges in England got underway in Gloucestershire last night. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Andy Murray's through to the quarterfinals of the US Open tennis at New York and a match against Stanislas Wawrinka. The defending champion came from a set down to beat Dennis Istomin 6-7-6-1-6-4-6-4. I just started trying to dictate the points a bit more, especially from that side when I had the wind with me. I started trying to use my forehand a little bit more and that was basically it. I had a few chances to win the first set. I was up 5-3 in the break and I lost four points straight, so it was just minor adjustments. In football, MK Dons and Wickham are both through to the second round of the Johnston's Paint Trophy. The Dons beat Northampton 2-0 at Stadium MK with goals from Patrick Bamford and Delhi Ali. Here's MK manager Carl Robinson. Listen, it was a good night for us. It's a, it's a local derby. It again, gives the fans bragging rights locally. It was, just, it was just nice to put a performance on. I thought we'd be, again, getting Brendan Galloway on the pitch and George Ball up mm. on the pitch. It, it was important to me and, like I say, they, they didn't let me down. Wickham were also 2-0 winners at Exeter with Matt McClure and Anthony Stewart supplying the goals. The chairboy's uh, chair boss, Gareth Ainsworth, spoke to us afterwards. I thought the lads um, applied themselves fantastically and uh, professionally tonight as the JPT can sometimes, attentions can uh, can waver. But tonight, uh, Wickham Wanderers was only one winning team and uh, the pleasing thing was the tactical side of tonight. We, uh, we contracted everything Exeter did. Uh, I thought we were the better team and deserved the win on the night. And in the Caller Premier Division, Biggleswey Town drew one all at home to Burnham. Chesham won 4-1 against Bashley. Bashley! And Hemel Hempstead won 6-1 against Bedford Town. That's your latest news and sports. I'll be back with more at 9 o'clock. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. What a mixed show today. Last 30 minutes of the show. Should you have to work for your benefits? That's what the Taxpayers Alliance is suggesting. 30 hours a week, no less. And according to the gentleman we spoke to uh, from the, the TPA, Mr Oxley, oh, there's plenty of jobs out there. You're just not looking hard enough or you just need to lower your sights ever so slightly. Also talking about uh, domestic abuse, should uh, the dangers of it be taught in school and Cliff Richard. Not should he be taught in school, but we're just talking about him because he's got a 100th album coming out. 08459 455 555. Lots of phone calls today. I love it. I love it when we get lots of phone calls. That's the way forward, I think. And uh, you can call in anytime. Now, a housing trust in Buckinghamshire has been branded heartless for approving plans to cut down the apple trees at the bottom of an elderly tenant's garden for social housing. The family of 84-year-old Georgina Peterman, who lives in Bishopstone near Aylesbury, is accusing the trust of environmental vandalism. 
She says the garden and the trees mean everything to her. It was our garden. It was our garden. I've been all night. I've been climbing up the apple trees in the garden. I was when I was a kid. I mean, it's been such a lot to me because I was born in the house. It's not. I just loved the place. Well, I'm uh, joined now by Georgina's son, Carl Peterman. Good morning, Carl. Good morning, Ian. Carl, describe this this little orchard uh, at the end of uh, Mum's garden. Well, it's about 100 years old. There's apple trees, pear trees, plum trees, there's nut bushes, there's mature ivy trees, all sorts of things. It's full of wildlife. We've had peregrine falcons there, we've had bats. There's newts and toads been in the gardens because there's a pond next door, and all this is to no avail to the... uh, the planning people take no notice of it. So what do the planning people want to do? Well, basically they want to build a house at the bottom of the garden, and we've got no problem with that. But because they've got to displace all the parking from the garages, which they want to build on, they want to flatten our garden for a parking lot. So like the Joni Mitchell song, pave paradise, put up a parking lot. That's exactly what's going on. Uh, Am I right in thinking your mum's home is social housing, so she doesn't own the home? No, we never never bought it. We never, you know, social housing is for people who, A, can't afford them, B, don't don't want to buy them. And if the government hadn't sold them all off, we wouldn't have this housing crisis in the first place. I mean, we're basically, we're all held to ransom now because there's a housing shortage and it's the politics of deliberate shortage that makes... Us pay sky-high rents and uh, house prices. Uh, the reason I'm mentioning this is because the, the Vale of Aylesbury Housing Trust, d- d- who want to build the, the house uh, there um, and use the, the orchard for, for parking, they do own that land, so surely they are entitled to, to do what they want with their own property, aren't oh, they? That's, that's absolutely right, but I'm sure... I'm, uh, if there's only another way of actually... We've got no, no problems with building a, having a build, uh, property put there, but to flatten the, uh, an organic garden of 100 years old, full of wildlife, for a parking lot, uh, there must be, I'm sure, some other way of actually just putting, putting the car somewhere else. That, that is the problem. Mm. We're not NIMBYs at all. We, I mean, after all, we're social housing people ourselves. We haven't got anything. We, we care for other people who don't have anything. We've got no problem with that. What effect has this uh, had on Mum? Well, she's in tears most of the time. She's, she's crying now, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. It's, um, she's 84 and a half. My, my fear is that she'll get, she'll get ill and probably die from this. Um, you can't really blame the Housing Trust because it, it, they are, their, their hands are tied by government law, which says you, you have a right to buy, and it's got to stop. The buck's got to stop uh, with the government, to be honest with you. Well, I'm sorry to hear that your mum's uh, suffering and is, is so upset by this, and, and uh, hopefully it, it won't get as bad as you said. Uh, has she got support? Are, uh, uh, is the uh, the local community supporting her and, and agreeing with her stance on this? Everybody, including the parish council, have been wonderful, especially Jason Aldous from the parish council put up a wonderful fight for us at the planning meeting two weeks ago. And C- councillor Judy, Judy Brandreth and Brian Foster put up fantastic fights for us. But unfortunately, Councillor Sue Polehill said it's a brownfield site and it's got to go. What happens so, next? Well, um, we don't know. They're coming to see us next week to give us you know, a timetable of what, how they're going to go about all this dismantling, etc. But, but looking at the plans, I've noticed they actually want to widen the entrance to Morton Lane, which runs down the side of the garden. And if they do that, that, that actually means we lose all the trees at the front and the side of the garden as well. It won't be worth staying here. If they wipe the whole lot out, it would just be outrageous. And it's a disaster for the village, not just us. 
Carl, I, I appreciate your, your time and I appreciate your passion and um, send our best uh, to Georgina. Try not to get as, uh, stressed about this, although, of course, I'm sure it's a very upsetting uh, situation. While well, listening to that was Dean Gill, Director of Development for the Vale of Aylesbury Housing Trust. What's going on here, Dean? Uh, good morning, Ian. Um, well, I, I suppose, firstly, look, you know, we do understand um, this is a difficult time for Mrs Peterson and, and, and likewise for her son. Peterman. Peterman and, and likewise for a son and, and um, what we, we, we're working um, with um, with Mrs. Peterman and looking to support her throughout. I mean, ultimately, there's there's um, a garage block of about four garages, and we're looking to build um, a three bedroom property on there and take a small um, proportion of land. A hundred year old orchards, though, aren't these the kind of things we should be preserving, Dean? difficult, isn't it? I mean, Mr. Peterman made um, you know, a really good point about right-to-buy um, legislation, and over the last sort of 10, 15 years, we've seen um, the number of social housing, the number of affordable homes reduced dramatically. Um, there's three and a half, just under three and a half thousand people on the waiting list for homes in, in and around the Vale, and part of what we're trying to do is provide you know, additional properties for those people um, that are clearly in need. So it, it is a difficult one to balance, and um, and, and we know we're seeing, you know, we're seeing stock numbers diminish all the time. The, the, the reason the orchard is being chopped down is for, uh, for parking. Is there no other solution at all? Well, we've, we've looked at, at, at sort of various options as part of the process before we get to where we are today, really, and, and um, you know, what other options there are. I mean, ultimately, it's a planning requirement on us to, um, to provide parking, and the local authority wanted to see... Um, parking provision for um, sort of replacing the garages, if you like. So we've got four garage garage places that that, that, um, that are going to be demolished, um, and then two garage places or parking spaces for the new property that are being built. So that will, that, I mean, you know, the, the the other issue we need to be aware of obviously is we we don't want to increase parking um, unnecessarily on 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 the roadway. It's so two cars. It's going to be two cars, isn't it? Two cars for the new property, and then there's, there's, there's four additional parking spaces as part of the, um, the, the land that's been... Why built. wasn't Mrs Peterman told about... Uh, there was a big gap, wasn't there, between the plans being drawn up last, uh, last August and the Peterman family hearing about the project in February. Why was there such a big gap? Well, we, we met with Miss um, Peterman in um, February. That was three months before we submitted the planning application in May of this year. Um, and obviously it's just recently gone through the, the, the planning process. But, but six months through. after the plans have been drawn up? The, the, well, before we spoke to Mrs Peter in February, um, obviously we need to um, sort of viability assessments and feasibility, and is it, is it uh, you know, an opportunity that's worth progressing or not? Is it, is it really something that can be developed? So clearly we need to have some thoughts. We don't just want to go along to, to, to Mrs Peterton with, um, Peterman. with, with no idea. Um, and then we met with her on uh, in, in February. Um, you show that there was. I guess what's a little bit embarrassing about this for for you chaps is you you showcased, didn't you, uh, Mrs. Peterman as a model tenant a couple of years ago. You you know kind of said this is this is what we want from our tenants, um, and now you're sort of ripping up her fruit trees and digging up part of her garden. It's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? Well, Mrs. Peterman, in, in terms of um, her the length of tenancy, um, yeah, I mean, she, you know, she, she's, she's been with us a long time, and clearly that's why we, you know, we're working closely with her. And, um, and as I sort of said earlier, we've we've got a meeting with her arranged, um, pre-arranged for next week. What, what are you hoping to get out of this meeting? 
We, we, we clearly want to want to work with her. We do understand it's difficult. Um, you know, it's it, it's not. She's in tears, and she's in tears right now. And her son Carl is worried that this might make her ill and kill her. As I say, we we you know we we do understand that it that it's difficult for her, um, and we, we we do want to work with her and and, and try and you know re- remove any. Or, or limit the amount of disruption that um, that this may cause. Is there any chance for the orchard? Or, or are they going? The, the what? Sorry. The trees. Are, are, are they going? Is there any? Is there any room for manoeuvre? Or are they definitely going? Well, the, the I think there's um, an apple tree and a pear tree um, at the lower end of the, of the land. The land that we will end up um, building the house and the, and the car park spaces on, and that's part of the discussion um, next week. So are they definitely going, or is there any room for manoeuvre? Those, the, the trees that are there now will, will have to be removed because that's where um, okay. the development is, is going. But Dean, uh, we have to end it there. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Dean Gill, Director of Development uh, for the Vale of Aylesbury Housing Trust. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Speaking uh, earlier on in the show to members of the Taxpayers Alliance uh, about their plans, they want to introduce a scheme where if you are signing on, you have to work for 30 hours a week, voluntary work or education or doing something like that, to earn your benefits, your dole, your job seekers allowance, whatever it's called now, I don't know, but to earn your benefits. Good idea? Sensible idea? Nadine's from Hemel. Nadine, what do you think about that plan? I think it's an absolute and utter disgrace my husband has been out of work for nearly a year now and he has tried every single which way he can to get work and i believe that there are lots and lots of people who are actually claiming benefits um and they genuinely do want to work and it seems to me this government just wants to try and penalize everyone they actually drive me up the wall but if your husband was volunteering, doing voluntary work 30 hours a week, wouldn't that inspire him? Wouldn't he learn new skills? Wouldn't that make him better prepared for when he does well, get a job? He, he actually has tried to do that. But it's like the lady, the lady said that you had on earlier on who was um, talking in defence of all this. I, I agree with everything she said. Because also, um, not only are they ignoring the evidence that these things don't work, it impinges upon people's human rights. Because if they're being made to do work, how are they going to have time to actually search for jobs? Uh, the, pe- the people that make these, um, um, want to make these rules have never lived the life to know what it's like when you're desperate for work and you can't get it despite your best efforts. And if they had any idea of how much time and effort it takes just to fill in an application form for a job, because it's constant... And, and I have to admire people who are, who, who are wanting to work and who are doing their utmost. And I think this is just absolutely a disgrace. And it punishes people who don't deserve to be punished. Their life is difficult enough already because they're living on, on, on benefit. Nadine, I don't know if you heard uh, Robert Oxley from the Taxpayers Alliance on the show early on. He said there are loads of jobs out there. People just need to, to lower their sights a little bit and, and get off their backsides. Well, I'll tell you, as far as I'm concerned, um, he hasn't got a clue what he's talking about. Um, I've, I have actually been, as a mature student, to university and studied for the last five years up to master degree in psychology in order to try and improve my job prospects. And when I've left university um, on both occasions, back in 2009, and also... Um, 
last year in 2012. I have not, for the life of me, as yet, been able to get myself a job in the area that I have studied for. So if somebody said to me, oh, well, Nadine, you know, you've done five years study to try and improve your career prospects, and we now want you to go and work in McDonald's, I wouldn't be very happy about that. Nadine, we have to end it there. Thank you very much indeed. Nadine from Hemel. 08459 455 555. It's 846. You're listening to BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the latest travel news. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. This fresh in, it's been an accident on the M1 southbound. Just around Junction 12, the inside lane's blocked off. Thanks to Mark for giving us the heads up on that one. Also got some delays on the M11 southbound between 5 and 4, Loughton and Woodford. The M25 is pretty slow from Waltham Abbey to Enfield. That's from 26 to 25. And it's also pretty slow as you head further round from 21 to 19, the M1 to Watford. And from 18 round to 16, Chorleywood to the M40. Uh, also the A1M southbound a little bit slow from 8 to 7. That's towards Stevenage. There's been an accident on the A1 just at the Sainsbury's roundabout at Biggleswade. A car and a motorbike involved. It's mainly affecting northbound traffic. It's quite a delay on the approach to the roundabout, but southbound's also a little bit slow as well. And in High Wycombe, it's a bit slow coming up the hill on the A404 from Marlow up towards the M40 at the Handycross roundabout. George Thomas, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, George. It's 8.47. It is uh, Wednesday, the 4th of September. I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The family of an elderly woman from Buckinghamshire say a housing association's plans to build on her garden is a heartless act of environmental vandalism. The Taxpayers' Alliance says people on benefits should have to do 30 hours a week of community service, charity work or approved training or face having their payments suspended. In sport, the US Open Tennis in New York, Andy Murray fought back from a set-down to beat Uzbekistan's Denis Isterman. 6-7, 6-1, 6-4, numbers, numbers, numbers. Coming up, should all schoolchildren be taught about the dangers of domestic abuse? 08459 455 555. And somehow we're getting even more and more calls about Cliff Richard. What is wrong with you lot? Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. We've still got one or two stubborn mist and fog patches to lift, but once they do, it's blue sky and sunshine. A warm afternoon with the temperatures getting up to 26 Celsius, 79 degrees in Fahrenheit. Overnight dry and clear. The wind falls lighter, so mist and fog patches developing once more. Minimum temperature 14 Celsius, 57 degrees in Fahrenheit. So a similar start to tomorrow with some mist and fog, but then the temperature climbs. In fact, warmer than today with a maximum of 28 Celsius. It's overnight Thursday into Friday a cold front sinks south once it moves through we'll get some colder some fresher air behind it and also some heavy rain for Friday that's your forecast thank you very much 
Every weekday morning from nine, the JVS Show. You just can't carry on with life. I mean, it's just awful. With the biggest opinions. It's about time somebody or an organisation has stood up and basically smelt the coffee. Well, it depends on the individual, actually. Let's pollute the planet even more. We should pollute it so much, your Pinot Gris show goes rotten. And the biggest local talking points. What we really need to do is for everyone in, in the country to reduce their energy consumption, not increase it. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine. BBC Three Counties Radio. He really is on cracking form at the moment. That's not to say his normal form is not good, but uh, he's 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 on on fire at the moment. And uh, later on, he'll be asking. Uh, we're talking about the uh, Taxpayers Alliance. What we've been discussing this morning: should you have to work to earn your benefits? You can start calling him now if you want. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Cliff Richard has dominated the show this morning in the way that he's dominated the charts for the last sixty years. His hundredth album is uh, going to be released soon. Paul is in Elstree. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Ian. Are you a fan of Cliff? Yes, I suppose so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of thing. We, he's a British institution. He, he's always been there, and we just kind of accept him, don't we? Well, as you rightly say, he's always been there. I think he's the only UK artist I've had a number one in, I think, five consecutive decades. I think you might be right. Have you met Cliff? Yes. Um, at Elstree Studios, I arranged and hosted a plaque unveiling for him in 2008 with Tim Wright. Oh. And he came along. Uh, we had some of the young ones and summer holiday cast there. And it was like a reunion feel about it. And was Melvin Hayes there? No, sadly he wasn't. No, he was actually working, which oh. was, uh, mm. it was the retired ones who tend to come along oh. for things. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for Melvin for having a job. Yeah. And did you get to speak to Sir Cliff? Yes, uh, after we did the plaque unveiling, we had about 100 guests there, so we just sat and I did an interview for about an hour with him uh, on stage, a little stage we put up, and just reminisced about all his kind of connections with Elstree and, and Hertfordshire and and his memories of the industry, and it was it was good fun. He was very very talkative, very um, upbeat about things. Slightly slightly nervous, though, oddly enough. Really? Which surprised me. Isn't that interesting? See, I would love to have a chat with him. I bet he's got some cracking stories to tell, but uh, as long as I didn't have to listen to too many of his records. Paul, we have to move on. Thank you very much uh, indeed. It's uh, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's nine minutes to nine o'clock. On the day that most of the schools go back, I've been asking, should all children be uh, uh, school children be taught about the dangers of domestic abuse? The Department of Education has come out and said it has no plans to make lessons about it compulsory. Well, that's despite calls from campaigners saying that perhaps it should be. Well, joining me in the studio now is Karen Summer from Hemel, who's an advisor to Hertfordshire on personal, social and health education. Thanks very much for coming in. Uh, do you think that, uh, that children being taught about the dangers of domestic abuse should be compulsory? Well, good morning, Ian. Yes, if I can just clarify, uh, I work for Hearts for Learning and we're a school improvement service. Um, we're one of the biggest schools company in the UK and we support schools all across Hertfordshire and beyond. Um, I'm also chair of the advisory council for the PSHE Association mm-hmm. um, and you just mentioned PSHE so we also support teachers across the UK in the teaching of PSHE and all related issues. Should domestic the dangers of domestic abuse be taught to, to school children do you think so they're, they're aware of, of things to look out for? It's about teaching children about what are healthy and unhealthy relationships it's about skilling them up so that they know how to resist peer pressure keep themselves safe um 
know how to deal with bullying, um, how to look after themselves and each other. So it's about th- get, understanding that difference. How really. do you teach? Th- how do you teach a, a kid, for example, a uh, child, young person, sorry, to, to, to uh, resist peer pressure? Because that's p- peer pressure is irresistible, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. You do it within the PSHE context, as I explained. So it's a thematic approach. So you make sure that you've got a safe learning environment, and you can use lots of different activities to get children to talk about their feelings, their concerns. Mm role play, hot seating, that sort of thing and that will help children develop the skills and the attitudes to support them. When it comes to domestic abuse, and this isn't just violence, this is this is perhaps being in, in, in a relationship where the boyfriend or the girlfriend is obsessive, is constantly texting them, where have you been, mm. who have you, why are you talking to him, what's going on there? Uh, it, it, it's difficult, isn't it, to get young people to open up about that kind of stuff? But there's lots of useful resources and websites out there that can support schools in doing this. For example, CEOP, the Child Exploitation and Online Protection site, has a parent site and a teacher site. And then the Government Home Office campaign on This Is Abuse, where you get video clips and then you can get young people talking about that sort of scenario and then you can you know explore issues around that so that's a way in for you keeping it in the third person do young people often do do they often recognize that perhaps they might be in an abusive relationship or do they just think that this kind of slightly obsessive behavior is normal i think if a broad and balanced curriculum that's the pshe curriculum will help children to develop and understand what is safe and unsafe what is safe and unsafe within relationships and then they'll be able to spot the signs and symptoms Mm. and it's about skilling them up the strategy to help them with all of this how can you assess whether your uh, training or your education has been successful because it's not like you sit and you, you learn english for a year and then you sit an exam and you can go oh, they've got 76 percent. what's your criteria for it, calling it a success well recently we met with the hearts uk parliament and one of their priorities is around sex and relationships education and they were very much asking for more work in schools more lessons around all of this it's what children and young people want and need they've expressed that um and the final question do you think it should be compulsory this kind of education in in schools schools have a duty to promote well-being and to provide a broad and balanced curriculum and that this is all part of a huge and complex issue so should it be compulsory it's part of PSHE curriculum. Okay, lovely. Thank you very much indeed, Karen Summer from uh, Hemel, uh, advisor to Hartfordshire on personal, social, and health education. Thank you very much for coming in. Uh, just to, we've got two minutes left of the show. It's been so busy today. Let's squeeze in, uh, Sophie. Good morning, Sophie. Good morning. We've been asking you to find someone who is excited about the new uh, Cliff Richard uh, release. Have you found anybody? Toughest challenge yet, and I think I failed. Oh dear. I'm from Three Counties Radio. I'm looking for a Cliff Richard fan. <laughs> Guys, I'm looking for a Cliff Richard fan. Are you a Cliff Richard fan? No, definitely not. Yeah, maybe vaguely. <gasps> a vague Cliff Richard <laughs> fan. Can I please tell you the news that he is releasing his new album in November? How do you feel? Really? <laughs> You're not a super fan? <laughs> no. <laughs> Search continued. Lady. Sorry to disturb you. Are you Cliff Richard fan? No. <laughs> no. People are laughing in my face. Well, my colleague used to be, but she's not around now. So. Uh, oh, you're thinking about it. Oh, was was maybe yeah in the past probably yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. brilliant. So tell me some of the songs you like. 
Um, that's really old ones. I can't remember the names actually. To be fair, uh, Devil Woman. No, 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 no. The ones he sang at the um, Wimbledon when that time when it was raining. What, what was that summer one? holiday? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that one. Yeah, that was. But it's so funny. It's so. Oh yeah, funny. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That one. Yeah. And yeah. Bachelor Boy. I think I remember that one. Yeah. So you'll be buying the album then? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think you're about as much of a super fan that I'm going to get today. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that one, Soph. Cheers, man. I'll, I'll give you that one. Thanks. Fair play. I mean, whether Thanks. his arm was being twisted or he's being sarcastic, it doesn't matter. No, I thought that. Well, he, he said that he was a fan. He didn't know any songs. Well, no, that's... There's still time. There's still time to small, learn. Small problem. We've had. To, I've had a, a tweet from uh, from uh, Scott who says I really enjoyed Sophie singing earlier on. Could you get Thanks. her to sing a bit more? So, yeah, all right. Over to you. What shall I sing? Whatever you fancy. A bit of Cliff, obviously. Okay. Okay. Girl, you are a bachelor boy. Well, hang on, I'll stop you there. Yeah. Girl, you are a bachelor boy. This I is where the confusion comes from. I think. Yeah. That thing. You can't. That doesn't make sense. I don't know the words. We won't be girl, you are a bachelor boy. And I'm the games you play. For goodness sake. She's just making, just saying words then. She's saying words. Son, you'll be a bachelor boy until your dying day. Okay. Thanks. Should I carry on? No. Okay. You win tomorrow? Yeah. See you tomorrow. Fun times, fun times. Girl, you are a bachelor boy. Uh, that explains a lot. Thank you very much, Sophie. Excellent work this morning. Or they say excellent. I'm, of course, uh, writing that in uh, inverted commas and in italics. Right, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now, shall we? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. This accident in Biggleswade still causing some problems. It's on the A1, just at the Sainsbury's roundabout at Biggleswade North between car and a motorbike on the roundabout itself. It's causing more delays northbound than south, but it is a bit slow in both directions, we can see on the sensors and the cameras. M25 has been a bit problematic this morning. Anticlockwise, 26 to 24. Waltham Abbey to Potter's Bar, very stop-start in the roadworks. Delays continue round from 24 to 25 as well towards Enfield. Seems to be easing up towards the M40, moving a bit better uh, from 19 to 16 now round to the uh, M40. At the A40 Western Avenue, that's looking pretty slow towards Gypsy Corner. We've got delays still on the M1 southbound from 14 to 13 towards Milton Keynes South. George Thomas, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, George. Well, thank you to everyone who called in. Lots of calls. I like lots of calls. More of those, please. JBS is up next from me until tomorrow at six. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. What a fabulous show. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Wednesday and on today's big phone-in, should unemployed people have to work for their benefits? The tax